You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right. Away back. Goal. Go, hey. It's a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy in blast. All rise. Here. Comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors to spin rates to game-changing moments, we have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. And good afternoon from the Valley of the Sun as it's a beautiful day here in Mesa, Arizona. That's right, I said a beautiful day. It is picture-perfect spring training weather, and we've got all kinds of A's action for you today on A's Cast Live. And really one of the cool things about what's going on today, I'm just going to stop tight. Just everybody listen. All right, ready? We're not going to talk. You hear the music in the background? Well, they are preparing for baseball tomorrow right here at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium as... Is it Parker Stadium? Stadium. Stadium. Let me see. I have the official. Yes, Stadium. So right now, you'll see the Jumbotron behind us. They're doing all the graphics. Uh, Right now, there's so many people in the stands. Uh, They're working on getting the stadium ready as we have baseball tomorrow. It's basically the calm before the storm as opening day of spring training is tomorrow as the Athletics will be taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks. You'll be able to hear the game right here on A's cast. That will be at noon, correct? Yeah, coverage will come on at noon. Games, at I think, first pitch is 12.05. Yeah, so they're getting it ready right now. Food trucks are down the line. There is a re- maybe we'll be able to turn the the camera a little bit later. There is a new section here on the right field berm. See, one of the great things, and we'll I talked to uh, Steve Finelli, the head of uh, sales and business operations, vice president of the athletics, earlier today. You'll hear it later next week in the pregame show. We talk about all the different things that they've done to the stadium. And one of the cool things about moving to to Hoho Cam from Phoenix Muni is most the spring training sites have a berm where you can lay a towel out, you can hang out, take the shoes off, lay out, get some sun. Well, Phoenix Muni didn't have that. Well, that's one of the advantages of moving here to Mesa. We have that. And now the A's have put up down the – basically being right field it's called the bullpen it's seating it's tables you can have cocktails you can enjoy food it's it's a great section maybe we'll be able to turn the camera a little bit later to show you but they continue to do things to make spring training even better for A's fans when you come down here to Mesa Arizona in a day like this the weather the sun is out it's absolutely perfect and uh 
Ready for a little baseball tomorrow as what we continue to do is get you ready for the season, get you ready for spring training, bring you all the players. I mean, our list of players has been second to none. Uh, what is the guest list coming up today? So we'll starting at tw- uh, 1230. It's 12.30 in the Bay. We'll just do the Bay time because that's where the majority of our listeners are. 12.30, we'll have the skipper, Mark Kotze. Ah, oh, the first edition of the Mark Kotze Show. Uh, 1 o'clock, we'll have James Caprillian. You might know of him, Cap. Uh, he was very good today. Yeah. Cap, this is a this is a big season for Cap. You know what? I'll, I'll expand on that in a moment. Uh, we have Sam Mall, Sammy Spinrate. As uh, you, as fans might start to know him, as Vince Catronio started that, and we told him it yesterday. He has lied to us. That's what we heard. Who was it that told us he lied to us? Scott Emerson. Uh, emo, that's right. Okay. Adam Aller at 2 o'clock. Uh, the Barry Bonds of the Las Vegas Aviators last September into October, Kevin Smith. And former MLB GM and co-host of Power Alley with Mike Farron on MLB Network Radio on Sirius XM, Jim Duquette at 2.30. Ah, my man, the Duke. I love Jim Duquette. Uh, if you, if you watch this show, you listen to this show, you know how much I enjoy Sirius XM. Sorry to all of our terrestrial radio, uh, uh, family that we grew up with, but, uh, I don't even listen to radio anymore. I just listen to Sirius XM. It's a phenomenal product and the baseball channel, channel 89, it's just, you know, I'm a baseball guy, you know, I'm baseball football. So football's on 88, baseball's on 89. Give me a little PGA Tour on 92. Whoa, whoa, don't don't sleep on your NASCAR guy. My NASCAR guy, whoever he is, is a nut job, but I love him. He's at <laughs> Channel 91. NASCAR, I, I'm telling you, whoever this guy is, I can't remember. We always look him up. I can't remember his name. There's a guy that does he's, – he's like the main host on the NASCAR channel, Sirius XM. He's mad every – a good host is mad every day. A good host brings it back to himself and is mad and controversial every day. See, now, when you're in politics, you can be mad about something every day, like legitly you're mad at the other side, right? You're either a Republican or a Democrat. You're getting mad at what they're doing. I I don't know how in sports you can be mad every day being a talk show host, but this guy in NASCAR is mad every single day about rules, about guys have crashed cars, (laughs) pit crew. I mean, he's mad every day, and it's like they don't even – they, once again, I'm, I'm a little ignorant when it comes to the NASCAR schedule, and I know they do some racing or time trials and stuff before the race. They just had Daytona, I know it's that. It's called qualifying, that's what they call it. Whatever they got going, they're racing cars, they're turning left constantly. Uh, whatever it is, he's angry, and he's fabulous. Is it Dave the Godfather Moody? I don't know. I think that's it. That, that's, it's only him and one other show that's on here. He's like. mad. Every day. I mean, I can't be. Maybe I should be mad every day. Maybe that would give it, get us more listeners, more yep. viewers, more downloads. If I'm just mad, damn it, why is Kevin Smith not? Every day, just going off. Yeah, every day you find something new. I think I might do that in the postgame show. Um. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's probably your best form to get well, it. Well, I, I, I think you're gonna you're gonna have to realize that I have to get mentally prepared for the post-game show. Now, A's cast live. See, that's the thing. The thing that I think our boss and our bosses don't understand is that I literally do three different shows a day. Because A's cast live is not the same as the pregame show, 
and God knows the postgame show dealing with the public is not the same as the other two shows. Let's get them ready. 833-625-2278 if you want to call after the game. I mean, I'm talking anything from players, team, stadium. I mean, I, I it's amazing the things that get thrown my way in the postgame show, and I snap sometimes on the postgame show. So – I have to I have to that's where you know where players say they got to get they realize that spring's coming you got to start getting ready mental physically and mentally there's like that time towards the end of spring training where I mentally have to get ready for the fight that is that is the post game show we're we see it, Greg and Slow and oh yeah, they're Coach. coming at me. They're coming at me every night. Bitter Bill, they're called oh, Bitter Bills. It's every it's every night they're coming at me. <laughs> I got to be ready for that. You know, it's like a prize fight. You know how like Oscar De La Hoya used to go to Big Bear to train up in the altitude for his lungs. You know, guys will go up into the mountains and train for the fight. It's like I got to train and get ready for the for the post game show to get ready to spar with these guys on a nightly daily basis. People don't people don't understand the fight, but I you know what? If they if they're listening, if they're watching, I just let you callers know, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for you. I'm waiting for my first Greg from Slow. Tony was shaking, brother. And you better and, and don't be bringing that weak sauce cuz you know I'm like Dikembe Mutombo. No, 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 no. I'll swat your ass away so fast. I'll come after you. I'll, I'll bring – you know, I will get angry today. I can't get angry. We're in Arizona. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's snowing in the Bay Area, and here we are. Finally, it's, their sun came out here. I'm like, you're trying to tell me freaking out it's snowing in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Come on. It always snows in the Santa Cruz Mountains. Apparently it's snowing in Livermore, too. Ah, uh, Livermore? I mean, every single time I play golf out at Winty Winery in Livermore, it snows. Well, uh, we've had snow. It happens all the time. I think it snowed more in California this year than it did back in Pennsylvania for my family. No, brutal weather back yeah. in the Bay Area. So that's why you come down here to spring training. So you get out of the wet and the cold. We will be returning tonight. Um, James Caprillion, he is he is an interesting, interesting guy. Uh, I like him. You know, over the years, you, you get to know these guys and – James Caprillion, uh, you know, he's been a guy that obviously has been well-liked for a long time around here. I know him and Matt Chapman were, were, were good buddies. He married Matt Chapman. Um, and James is somebody who's kind of been robbed of his destiny from a standpoint of his body's failed him. It's kind of sad, but it, it happens in sports. It happens in every sport. You know, we're human beings. Guys get hurt. Bodies break down. When you're trying to perform at the ultimate, you know, the ultimate level, things happen. I mean, let's not forget. It's so funny how, like, everybody thinks of Steph Curry, and he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, and Steph's uh, the MVPs and the, and the championships and how great Steph Curry. It wasn't that long ago we were wondering if his ankles would be able to hold up and he could even have a career. It wasn't that long ago that there was really doubt when, when the Golden State Warriors, and I remember that's when I did a show with my good friend Matt Steinmetz, and Steiny, who had covered all, you know, he was the longtime beat writer for the Warriors, the uh, Contra Costa Times, and then, of course, uh, that would be Comcast Sports in the Bay Area. 
and then into NBC, he did the Warriors. He did the did all the writing, and he did the TV work. So Steiny covered the Warriors and still does to this day. But we did a show together, and that was like a legitimate question. When the Warriors were giving Steph, and once again, I always like to bring in other sports because it helps you understand a little more, right? Because as popular all the Warriors are, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Steph Curry, there was a legitimate debate on whether to give him an extension, and it was, a, it was not a big extension, but it seemed like a big extension at the time because you weren't sure about his ankles. You weren't sure. They had to surgically repair him. I mean, you know, he had to strengthen the ligaments. I mean, it was you didn't know whether Steph Curry could withstand the wear and tear of an NBA season. All of a sudden, he got healthy. Steph Curry wins unanimous, first ever unanimous MVP in the league, starts winning championships, wins another MVP, then gets the monster extension, and we tend to forget about the past. But the past will tell us we had concerns whether Steph Curry would have a career or not. It was legit, right? So sometimes people's bodies betray them, and they're not allowed to live up to that greatness. Can you imagine if his ankles didn't hold up and Steph Curry never became Steph Curry, how different the Warriors franchise, how different the Bay Area sports scene would be? And that's just, you know, we had that problem with Mark McGuire years ago with his feet. Uh, Same problem. Uh, Bad feet problems with the big hurt. That kind of led to... His issues in Chicago, which led him coming out. Frank Thomas, the Hall of Famer, to have one of the best years of his career. As he says, and he said it here on Ace Cast Live, his favorite year he ever had in baseball wasn't in Chicago for the White Sox, which is where? The South Side. You sure? Uh, I'd not, have to, not East? I'd have to check Google Maps, but I think it's South Side. West is the lake. Yeah. In the uh, Lake north, Michigan, right? Yeah. North Side is the uh, the. Cubs. Are you sure it's Southside? Yeah. So, Big Hurt said his best year. That's a running joke if you follow our program. Uh, <laughs> the Big Hurt's best best year. He the most fun he ever had in baseball was in '06 for the Oakland Athletics. So you see guys who have those issues. Plenty of guys, whether it's football, basketball, hockey, knee problems are, are one that usually get people. Just happens. So James Caprillion drafted out of UCLA. First round by the Yankees was projected to be a guy that would be, if not an ace, I think you would say when you get drafted, I think he was like 15th or 16th, something like that. Oh, find it for sure. I think he was 16th, but whatever he was. He was mid-first round. You're projected to be a top three starter. That's how they view you. They're going to spend some money and invest in you. Yep, 16th. He was 16th, yeah. I mean, you're – you're not projected to be the number five in the rotation when you're the 16th pick in the draft. You're, you're still projected top three guys in a rotation. That's how the Yankees felt about him. And then Tommy John, the issues. I mean, the A's don't get him unless he's hurt in that trade for Sonny Gray. And the A's get him, and he continues to be hurt, and he continues to be hurt. And we've seen glimpses. We have seen glimpses of James Caprillion as, damn, this guy complied. This guy's got stuff. He's got attitude. Now, sometimes people take that at, especially when you're hurt and you're not always healthy. Some people will look at that attitude and they it may rub them the wrong way. You'll never hear that here on Ace Cast or Ace Cast Live. 
No, I want that attitude. I want that bravado. You know, he was buddies with Matt Chapman. By the way, how was Matt Chapman? How was Matt Chapman? No, how was Matt Chapman? Oh, how was he what? As in what? I'm talking about Caprillion and being a guy that's got a lot of. Oh, he was a he was a leader, a vocal guy. But Matt Chapman was well, a. The, he was he was the guy. He wanted to be the guy. And he could be a little. Prickly, is that the word? He was just he was forceful. Yeah. He was the guy. But when Matt Chapman's out there making those plays and Matt Chapman's doing that, you're cool with it. Now Caprillion is like that. But if you're hurt and then the kind of. And, you know, you can be a little abrasive. You can be a little when you play well, but when you're not healthy all the time and you kind of have that attitude, people might not dig it. Follow along. But the reality is for me, you're never going to hear, I'm never going to have a problem with that. I want my athletes, all of them, I want all 26 guys on this A's team to feel like they're the guy. That every day they show up, I'm the guy. I want that confidence. I want each guy pushing each other. I want each guy, you know, that's the whole thing. It's like, that was one of the great things about Chapman. And, you know, Chapman was a pain in the butt to a lot of people. I I didn't care. Guy shows up every day trying to win. I take that guy any day of the week. That's why I never had a problem with Matt Chapman. Right? I never had. Other people might have. I didn't. I'm like. Hey, this guy, this guy's sliding into home plate. Remember when he slid in his face and he got and he's like, he's gamer. Bring it. You need guys like that. Caprillion is like that. But he's been hurt. And he's never healthy. But he's at a point to where what's what is he? I don't have the roster in front. Is he 28? He's he'll be 29 March 2nd. So he's 28. This is his time. And I look at all the guys right now of who's got the ability, the ability, the mental makeup and the physical makeup to be a one-two. You know, not everybody is Greg Maddox, where Greg Maddox just shows up. He's the professor. He's smarter than everybody else. He's more talented than anybody else. And he's just, he's a practical joker, and everybody loves him. He's Greg Maddox. Guy won 300 and... 55 or yeah, 55. He won 355 games. He's one of the greatest pitchers of all time. Not everybody's Greg Maddox. Most guys, they're not. They're not Greg Maddox. They're more Roger Clemens, uh, Randy. Jo- you think? Ask Bob Mel. You think Randy Johnson was any day at the beach as a teammate? I've heard stories. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Schilling, uh, Roger Clemens. I mean, we even hear stuff about Verlander. I mean, they're no day at the beach. Who cares? It's win day when they show up. That's what I want. We want to win. I want winners, Mike Singletary. So who are those guys? The guys we you got to play with an edge. You think Tiger Woods was a sweetheart in his prime? Most guys, they they don't talk about it now. Most guys couldn't stand him. I mean, it's yeah, who cares? Guy's a winner. I want a guy that goes out and wants to be the great. I want a guy who wants to be great, who wants to dominate. And I think this is finally, if you're going to hear from James Caprillion, he thinks it's all behind him now, the hell stuff. If that's the case, James Caprillion is the guy. I, I don't have to sell it. He was the 16th pick in the draft by the New York Yankees. 
The New York Yankees have the largest R&D department, not D&D, which we will address, Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> as Cody is spreading rumors that are that are false and incorrect and need to be need to be need to be addressed. But the research and data departments, everybody likes to call R and D. That's why I think it's funny. It's like R and D. It's kind of like Dungeons and Dragons. Like, ooh, it's our secret little club. It's R and D. But the Yankees have the largest analytics R and D, whatever you want to call it. They have the largest, and it's and it's of their own. Because other teams will pay outside agencies to do it to get numbers. The Yankees, everything comes from inside. They have by far the biggest, strongest. And by the way, who helped them do that? Billy Bean. Billy Bean helped Brian Cashman back in the day, if you can believe it. They're buddies, but it was here the Yankees were the best team, arguably the greatest team of all time, the 1998 Yankees. And Brian Cashman's like, hey, man, I need to get us more going where you guys are going. And Bean helped him. But that's where they are. They are the biggest, baddest when it comes to uh, research and development. And that mean anything. They haven't won a World Series in 09. But if they, if the Yankees, so put it this way. A lot of said, if the Yankees think that highly of you, it says something, right? And that's the same thing with Waldachuk. They thought so high of Waldachuk, it kind of tells you, yeah, now we're seeing, yeah, we know why. Waldachuk's got a really strong arm. This kid's got this kid's got talent. Another guy's Dermis Garcia. They were high on him as well. A little different because he was he was one of those guys taken from Latin America yeah. where you don't have as much research and data on them. But you're right about Cap and, and uh, they like they like JP Sears too. Yeah, they believed Cap could be so they believe Cap could be the guy. So what I'm what I'm trying to I'm not what I'm saying is I'm not trying to sell you if other big time talent evaluators saw it. They saw it out of UCLA. They saw it in him. He can be that guy. I mean legitly you look at three guys that we have right now who you could say if everything goes right, could legitly become the dude. That's Caprillion. That's Waldachuk. It's Kyle Muller. We have three guys that legitimately, because you know how I feel about saying an ace. Majority of people in baseball are not aces. Unless you got hardware and you got a ton of innings, you know, Sandy down there in South Beach, that's an ace. Now, Contra's a, that, that guy, the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner, the man who won me my steak dinner, my bet, the type of – we can do food bets here on the show. We're allowed by Major League Baseball to do food bets. We've checked that out. Um, Sandy, that's an ace. Sandy Alcantara's an ace. Justin Verlander is an ace. Really, wanna, he, really he, going on a limb on that one. He, even at <laughs> however old he is, he's an ace. That's 39. What, that's what an ace is. And Ace is a guy that when he shows up, it's win day, and he's got the hardware to prove it. Just because you're the best pitcher on a staff doesn't mean you're an ace. And people will say, well, that's the ace of the staff. No, he's not. He's just the best pitcher on the staff or the best starter on the staff. You should never be called an ace unless you put up years like Pedro Martinez or Greg Maddox. And I know I'm mentioning Hall of Famers, but that's 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 really what aces are. They're guys that end up being in the Hall of Fame or they have careers where you could say, eh, Clayton Kershaw is an ace or was back in the day. Yeah. That's an ace. I think if you look at the division, the AL, if you look at the AL West, now the Verlander's gone. Is there really an ace in the division besides – I mean, guys, we're going to throw, throw the Grom in there, but I can't, I can't, I can't say. To me, I think Otani going every six days and not even going to sniff thirty starts for me. I, oh, he's an ace for twenty-one starts. Okay. 
Like I, I really like. I think Framber Valdez is very good, but I don't know if he's a, a bona fide number he's one. He's got ring. He's he's got yeah yeah the, yeah. But but yeah, until until he puts up a Cy Young or does X amount of years, he he's tracking. The, the only guy he's tracking. Yeah, the only guy you would say besides Degrom maybe is Luis Castillo from the Mariners. Degrom. Degrom threw twenty pitches off a mound. Eh, God. Uh, but yeah, maybe I think Luis Castillo might be the only one. The Angels don't have one. Yeah, I forgot about him coming over from the Reds. Huh? And he was yeah, good for them last year. Good. Yeah, well, he's no no Cy Youngs I, yet, but he's very. You know good. what? I'd call him an ace. That's what I mean. So you got maybe you got him, and then Degrom are the only two guys in the division. So you, if you can develop a guy or two, that's why I said yesterday my big goal is everyone to develop an ace. Yeah, that, that's going to be great for them going forward, especially if it's Waldachuk or Moller, who're both very young. And now Waldachuk and Moller are going to have time this year. Is and, and you're. Did I say it to him on or off the air? I think I said to him on. You're going to see the interview coming up. I got, this is your time. This is your prime. This is James Caprillion's time. This is it. He's healthy. He says he feels good. He says it's behind him. Let's go. Let's go. I'm happy about that. Where are we on time? Uh, got a uh, I'm in, in a couple minutes. I'm in the sunshine. I'm feeling good. I was asked today, how do I talk so much? I guess I missed who asked that question. Finelli. Oh, okay. Because you know what they do? They see us all morning long talking, and then they see us out here for three hours. Say, how do you talk so much? I say, hey, it's what we do. It's a lifestyle. Little tea, some throat lozenges, and let some honey, and let's go. Now now the sunscreen today, too. I mean. Yeah, we had to put on sunscreen today, which was. And I know you might be saying, well, that's not a big deal. If you knew what two days ago, (laughs) 40 mile an hour winds. I mean, it was 40-mile-an-hour winds. It was freezing cold to, to now putting on sunscreen. It's like, a, it's like now, you know why, now you know why there's a weather channel. And now you know why there's a website, weather.com. It's snowing in Livermore. Weather is always crazy. It's, it's, cra- it's, it's always been crazy. Weather will always – that's why they created the weather channel because there's always snow – High winds. There's always craziness going on in the country. Tornadoes. I mean, there's always crazy stuff. Yeah, there's been a lot of weird weather going on right now throughout the country. Like, with obviously what's going on here in California, there's like record lows in like uh, the Dakotas and through Wisconsin. And then there's record highs right now in the South. I, I can I can tell you, I grew up in San Diego. San Diego is the one place, and even you probably throw in Orange County, weather's pretty much always the same. But everywhere else, summertime, super humid. Uh, you go play, whether you're like in Wisconsin or you go through the Northeast, super humid in the summer, freezing cold in the winter. And people look forward to fall and they look forward to spring. I mean, there's always something to talk about with weather. And you're down here in a desert. Deserts get cold. They get super hot and they get, it gets super cold. Deserts are crazy. I was here years ago. When we were at Phoenix Muni, I was doing a talk show from the press box, Phoenix Muni, when the cloud came over, and it it snowed in Arizona for the first time. Full-on, like, real snow, not like hail. It snowed. The cloud went right over us, snowed, and then went right over to Salt Lake Fields, dumped there. And I remember the news here was the first time it snowed in 32 years in the desert. But I was here when it snowed. Yeah, Duquette. It snowed. Jim Duquette was telling me off the air, it's supposed to be uh, snowing Flagstaff. Is it Flagstaff? That's supposed to, they're supposed to get snow this weekend here. Well, Flagstaff, Arizona has a ski resort. So I know, but, he, but yeah, he was just, yeah, he was just talking about how it's supposed to snow. I think they snow. already have snow. Oh, uh, well, 
Yeah. I've never been there. Yeah, that's 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 northern. They have they they have a ski resort there. So oh, get see, it. Couldn't even uh, didn't even know that. See, one East Coast guy listening to another East Coast guy. They have no <laughs> idea what the hell they're talking. I think Flagstaff has had snow. Oh, they but, have a ski resort for God's sakes. Well, the more you know now, if you're filling in about the ski resort. Jesus, listen to these people from the East Coast is unbelievable. But the great Dan Duquette is going to be here. Jim. I mean Jim Duquette. Um, cousin. Dan, Dan Duquette. Dan's his cousin. Uh, we will be offering. We have a gift for him. Oh, that's true. We're going to have to get the gift for him. Send him to him. Uh, it's a funny story. You'll hear it a little bit later. Are we ready for Mark Kotze? Uh, yeah. Is it time? Yes, it is. Mark Kotze will be joining us every single week here on A's Cast Live. This is the only place you're going to get him every single week. He may pop up at some other spots, but he shows up here Every single week, you're going to hear the advertisement, Nest Betting. You go to nestbetting.com. They've got all your betting needs. Great mattresses. Uh, they have a new killer. i got to tell you about the pillow, by the way. They've got a new pillow that's off the charts that everybody's loving. That You know what, Commander? i got to get us this pillow. It's a breathable. You know, everybody's everything's about breathable. Yeah, my wife's been telling me I need to buy a new pillow for about four years now. It's called the Easy Breather Pillow. New York Times calls it their number one pick. The Easy Breather Pillow by Ness Betting. I didn't know the New York Times rated pillows. I'm learning so much today. The New York Times rates everything. Uh, and don't forget about their locations in the Bay Area. And when you shop Ness Betting and NessBetting.com, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. So... Mattress, pillows, bedding, you name it, and support nest bedding. The same mattress. Mark Kotze sleeps on? Ricky Henderson oh. sleeps on. Oh, and Kotze. Ricky, Ricky Henderson, Ricky. Mark Kotze's entire family, Mark Kotze's daughter. I'm not going to mention. I think he, Does he mention what college she's at? Because I don't want to. I think he I think maybe. I can't remember if that was on the air. I mean, no, he does. I believe so, yes, at the end. Uh, Mark, we've taken care of Mark Kotze's daughter and her friends at her college. So the entire Kotze family sleeps on nest bedding mattresses. Here is the very first edition, 2023, the Mark Kotze Show, exclusively here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Time for the manager's show brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep, the official mattress of the Oakland Athletics. Of course, use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. It's the skipper, Mark Kotze, our first. We're calling this the first shows of the year, so it's your first show of the year. How are you? It's been a while. We miss you. Yeah, I'm fantastic. I uh, really enjoyed the offseason and uh, took a couple vacations with the family. Um that were memorable, and now we're here in spring training, and uh, what are we, eight, nine days in, and, you know, we're in the grind. So for you, what is it like or what is different in year two? Well, you know, I think there's a little bit more of a calmness, um, you know, from from last year to this year. Obviously, there's a little more experience, um, you know, going through what we went through last year as an organization and and, uh, dealing with all of the change and, um, you know, it, it, it gives you a better understanding of what to be prepared for coming in. And uh, and I think that's helped me, um, you know, and just in messaging um, and just in prepar- preparation. 
last year was utter chaos because you had the lockout. There's all this, a lot of stuff. Then as you mentioned, all the trades, you don't get that sense here. And what I get a sense is there's some confidence. And I was wondering, cause just knowing you, you've always had a chip on your shoulder. It's like, do these players, are they going to have a chip on their shoulder coming in, knowing that a lot of people are doubting them and it's time to prove all these people wrong because it's a reflection on them. Well, you know, industry wide, I think, you know, you're right. There, there's very low expectations on this ball club to compete to win. Um, but that doesn't exist in that locker room. As you talked about, there, a lot of those guys in that locker room, <clears throat> you know, they do have something to prove. Um, there's been more change in this organization throughout the offseason. There's been more acquisition of talent. Um, that talent is unproven. And whenever you have unproven talent, you got something to look forward to. Um, you know, this year is going to be exciting. Uh, there's a lot of young new faces here. Um, and that can have impact on this ball club. And, and if you reflect back, you know, to, to our history and, and the lineage of the A's, um, pitching being one of them with when Zito, Hudson, Mulder kind of came up together, they kind of competed together, they kind of fed off one another. And I think we might have that type of environment that we're trying to create here with some of these young arms as well. No doubt about it. I mean, some of these kids that we're talking to, you know, we just talked to James Caprillian, Kyle Muller's an impressive very impressive young man. Like I really haven't seen the stuff we've heard about it, but just talking to him, the makeup that he wants to be the guy he's already said, I'm done with the minor leagues. I'm, I'm here to be here. I mean, he's got that confidence. I want that confidence. A guy, like a guy that had that confidence was this guy <laughs> right here back in the day. I mean, you've got a lot of confident young arms. I think you have to be excited about that. Yeah, no question. Um, you know, anytime you've got young arms and, and you can see, um, that confidence in them, you got to be excited about it. And, uh, you know, for Kyle, for Ken Waldachuk, for JP Sears, for Adrian Martinez, for Luis Medina, who's walking by right now, another young talented arm that was acquired last year. Um, you see the upside and you see the potential and now it's time for them to go out and, and prove themselves at, at the major league level and do it consistently every day or every fifth day. And then I, I think you have to be excited about the back of your bullpen. When you add may, and you got a year now under the belt of Jimenez and Jackson. You start seeing how you can finish games. Now that you've got to see it, how do you feel about it? No, yeah, great. Um, obviously, we haven't seen May in a game, and we've, we've seen him from the other side. Yeah. And uh, you, know, you described him well. He's a competitor, uh, wants the ball in high leverage situations. Um, you know, for Danny, Danny Jimenez, who, you know, unfortunately didn't get to finish out the year, but, um, you know, throughout the course of the season when he was healthy, he closed, I think, 11, 12 games for us, and uh, it, you could see the ice in the veins, and, you know, those big moments, didn't he didn't shy away from them. So there's other names in that bullpen down there that, that had tremendous years for us that were young, that, that got their feet wet, and now you just look for that continued growth. Zach Jackson, um, you know, is, is a name that comes to the front of my mind uh, when we talk about young players taking the next step. You know, success he had last year can build off that. You know, Domingo Acevedo. You know, 70 appearances last year out of our bullpen. Amazing, um, by yeah. the way. <laughs> so all, all those names, you know, you just start, yeah. you get excited about Sammy it. Sammy Spinrate, Sam Mole. Yeah, Sammy Mole. You know, uh, another year under Kirby Kirby Sneed's belt that, you know, he can build off of. He finished the year great. You know, he had some ups and downs throughout the course of the season, but he never wavered, never wavered, always wanted the ball. You got to love that about those guys. Now, I talked about this a lot yesterday when, you know, for years we've been called the swing and A's. And I kind of want to change some T-shirts and call us the running A's because I'm starting to look at how the team's been built. I'm starting to think of these pitch timers that we're seeing all over the place. 
I'm thinking about how many right-handed pitchers have horrible moves and they only get to do it so many times. And I'm thinking as a base dealer, when that clock starts hitting 16, 17, I'm gone. <laughs> I mean, are we going to become the running A's? Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I, I don't want to correct you, but I have to because once it hits 16, it's it's a ball. Well, runners on base, you get, what, 20 seconds? Get or 15? 20, I'm talking about You're right. Okay. So, yes, with runners on, you get 20 seconds. So, yeah, when it's counting down to two or three seconds left on the clock. Wouldn't you I as mean, a player being like, I'm gone? You're pretty much rolling into it. And we've talked a little bit about using the rolling lead. When it gets yeah. down below five seconds and you're walking, you got some momentum towards second base. I mean, it's, you know, we're looking at, at Jesus Aguilar maybe getting a bag this year, right? So, wouldn't that be something? We but, told Shea Langoliers we expect 2020 out of him this year. <laughs> I don't want Shea running that much. So. <laughs> Seth um, Brown, 30-30. Yeah, there you go. And I'm sure right? Seth is probably fired up about it. So I, Mike Aldretti could probably steal 20 bases. There I he mean, is. Seriously. There he goes. I, I think it's going to go back to when we when we were kids. We were used to seeing Ricky Anderson with, you know, over 100 or Vince Coleman or yeah. Tim Raines. I think you're going to get guys that once they realize, man, this is a big advantage, we could get 80, 70. I mean, that will be the super high end, but. You'll get a bunch of guys that get 20, 30. I think it's going to, the game's going to change. Yeah. And that with all the athletes you have, it's an event because the days of us being home run walk team, there's going to be some guys, but I think we got to change a little bit. I think running is going to be a big strength. I do think the game, the game may, <clears throat> you know, uh, lean towards um, more aggressive base running, more aggressive, um, you know, attitudes in terms of uh, attempting stolen bases. It's proven through the data in the minor leagues that, yeah. that when they implemented these two disengagement rules and in the minor leagues, it was a little bit different because they had two disengagements, but it was per hitter. So even if the runner stole second, you, you didn't get a reset of your disengagements. The major league level this year, we're going to get a reset if the runner advances. Right. So, so a slight adjustment to that, but uh, no question, you know, I mean, <clears throat> in through the data in the minor leagues, the stolen bases increased, I think, over 10 percent. So you're going to see some more running, um, you know, from standpoint of our lineup. We got some sleepers in our lineup. Uh, you're going to see a, um, some size to our roster this year. Um, some guys that have the ability to, to make this ball club that, um, you know, haven't been here. Um, you know, you, you think through. Some of the names, the simple names, uh, you know, Ryan Noda is a kid who's a rule five that's going to get every opportunity to make the roster. Um, you know, we, we saw a little bit of Dermis Garcia last year with the potential to hit for power. You know, Jesus Aguilar is a big guy. He's got potential to hit for power. Uh, you know, Rooker is a, a new acquisition uh, through the offseason. Outfielder, he's got a chance to hit for some power. So there's power on the roster, and uh, we might, you know, hopefully surprise some people. Defensively, are you better? You know, I think, I, you know, it's tough. I mean, you you look at last year and the corners and the inconsistency of a guy every day at first base. Um, you know, you look at third base. Um, you know, we went from 280 defenders, right, in Chapman and Olsen <clears throat> to a, um, a vastly different, um, you know, set of defensive skills, and it showed last year. Um, but my expectation is that we do improve defensively, yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I started looking at the team and the veteran guys you've added. you got a lot of versatility. How, how big is that going to play for you? That's something that we talked about last year, you know, and, and that the roster is constructed with versatility. Uh, acquisitions of Aledmus Diaz and Jace Peterson, uh, both those players can play the outfield. They can play all three infield spots, you know, um, so it does create some more versatility. you got Tony Kemp and, and Seth Brown back who both, 
can play the infield, second base for Tony, and left field for Tony. And Seth can play all three outfield positions and come in and play a nice first base. So uh, there is a lot of a lot of uh, versatility on this roster. Is the best thing for you as we'll start playing games, knowing that you're going to have tough decisions, and that's that that's a really good thing, right? Yeah, it's definitely good. It talks about uh, the depth of of the roster, and and you know, and those decisions will be made. Uh, obviously, we're we're evaluating everybody on the roster, and uh, you know, I think it's a competitive camp. And like I talked about, even with the pitching, you know, competition even amongst yourselves can be a great thing. Create creates a winning atmosphere, creates a uh, mentality of grind and grit that we talked about a lot last year, and those are all the expectations on on this club uh, from my standpoint and, and watching them play the game. And we're going to play good, clean, fundamental baseball, but we're also going to play hard. It's that old iron sharpens iron. Let's end on this. For you, is there anything that you've thought about for yourself, changes-wise, that you want to see from yourself into year two here as a manager? Well, I think the biggest thing for me, you know, is is understanding. <clears throat> I mean, we've had some change on the staff. Um, you know, our bench coach is Darren Bush, who's been, you know, with this organization for 18 years. He's a great baseball man. You know, Brad Osma stepped away, um, who, you know, I enjoyed having on my staff last year. I le- took a lot away from Brad. And, uh, you know, going forward, I think it's just the consistency of the communication, um, you know, and, and just being being positive, uh, even though there's stretches that you go through, you know, um, where you, you beat yourself up, which I've done. You know, last year, I'm going to try to stay away from beating myself up a little bit and uh, stay away from the shingles and you know, everything else. So. You are hard on yourself. I mean, it is. it, But you know what? That's the, kind of the fun part of the job, right? It is. That, that you're, the, you're the guy. I'd rather me being the one beating myself up than the players. You know, the players, uh, they go through uh, a lot of failure in this in this business, in the sport. And uh, I'm very familiar with it. You know, I looked up at my career batting average and thought I was a way better hitter and realized, <laughs> Oh man, that wasn't very good. So, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, um, you know, we're going to stay positive. We're going to keep working. Um, you know, we have to be patient as well, but we're going to watch this thing develop in front of our eyes. And, and, uh, and I couldn't be more excited about it. the first Mark Kotze show of the year brought to you by nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep, your mattress, your pillows, your bedding. You go to nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code Oakland to get the deal on your order. How, how is your nest, your nest bed? Nest bedding has been great daughter in college. She's really enjoying the nest bedding and uh, couldn't be happier. First show of the year. There we go. Can't Thanks. wait for more. The great Mark Kotze right here on A's Cast Live. I love doing that. You know, because one of the things about, you know, learning to do the show, you know, interviewing Mark, I mean, God, I go way back with him. I played against him in college. I covered him. And the interviews over the years from a player, then working for the A's, and now to the manager, you know, Mark Kotze doesn't hide anything. He doesn't hide anything. That's just not who he is. He's not wired like that. What you see is what you get with Mark Kotze. And he wears those emotions on his sleeves. He's got that chip on his shoulder. He's just wired that way. And I'm excited to see where he is in his second year as a manager. Who's coming up at 2 o'clock? Uh, that would be James Caprillion. Okay. Coming up next, reflection is always interesting. And 
I don't think we've reflected enough on what happened and how there's going to be a change. I'll explain next. And it has to do with Mark Kotze right here on A's Cast Live. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You know, a cool thing that uh, we're getting texts right now from Johnny Dosco, who is going to be joining us every spring, just about every spring training game, Monday through Friday. I'm not talking about the play-by-play. He'll be doing a lot of play-by-play. But for us, we'll be doing the pregame two hours before first pitch. And right now, he is going around the ballpark, finding areas where he's getting good cell reception and that he can join us on video on our pregame show to get you ready, Ace Cast Live, for the games. Because it's one thing to do it from the press box, but I was thinking about this last night. It would be cool with all the things that we got going on to have kind of Johnny, whether he's down in the dugout, down the right field line, left field line, on the berm with the fans. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, us, we're looking for the coolest location and the best spot where it comes service-wise. And some of the videos you sent were great. And it, I'm looking forward to having Johnny on to do a little pregame since we're not going to be here. Johnny will be here so he can tell us what's the vibes at the ballpark. Well, boots on the ground and you can see fans, right? I mean, if you're just in a, a press box yeah, and all you get to see is like, Vince Catronio's chips in the background. I mean, that's not – I mean, I want to see people. I want to see fans. I want to see A's fans. Yeah, we saw we saw pl- plenty of Vince and Ken this week This week already. Ken Korak rolled up to us at like 8 in the morning. Big league does. I mean, big league does. Comes up at like 7 in the – he comes up at 8 o'clock in the morning. In his you, sports car. You guys come up. You guys are just getting going now. I already went to the gym, worked out, and had breakfast. So, basically, <laughs> we're in the parking lot, right, getting ready to, to – to, We've loaded the stuff up. Ken comes up in a sports car and just basically goes, what do you slouches been doing? I've already been worked out, ready to go. And we're like, wow, we just, we're, just, we're just getting going. I mean, Ken literally big leagued us yeah. in the parking lot. I mean, Ken's day was practically, oh, he's just like, well, I can just go back. And Well, no, he told us he was going to – he'd see us at the ballpark, and then he never came to find us. He, big, he did. He big leagued us. He big leagued us. He basically you, – you lower le- – he – Ken Korak is the new Jeffrey Lunau. <laughs> he basically called us lower-level employees in the parking lot and pulled away in his sports car. In my in my very long conversation with uh, Jim Duquette before we came before we talked to him earlier, I was talking to him and 
we were talking about something, and I said, I'm not, I don't know these things. I'm the lower-level employee, and he started laughing. And I was like, yeah, Jeffrey Luna calls his guys like that. I consider myself a lower-level employee, and Ducat was laughing about that. <laughs> I wonder who could we get that could give us an honest assessment on Jeffrey Luna, what like who? What, what is this guy? I, you know, that might be more for us off the air. I don't think our fans, probably a lot of our fans, don't even know who Jeffrey Luna is. He is the um, evil human that ran the Houston Astros, and basically, I don't think we ever see him in baseball again. Yeah, I don't think so either. I thought yeah, that he's a bad dude. There were rumors floating around that whenever the Astros got rid of um, James Click, that. They, you know, Jim Crane could bring back uh, Jeffrey Luna. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Baseball's not going to let that happen. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I think he's he's kind of – although, hey, the guy from the Braves was suspended for the rest of his career, and he's he's allowed back in baseball, so. And no one's hired him. Still early. Still got a chance. Nobody's hired him yet, so plus until he's that lot, happens. Plus, he's still a lot a lot younger than Luna. Oh, yeah, so. that guy's in his 30s. Luna's, yeah. a di- Luna's a different bird, man. Um, yeah, wow. But that may be more just our interest than yeah. our fans' interest. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned about um, looking back at last year. Because, you know, you live in the moment, right? And it's why it's important that every offseason, every sports organization, it doesn't matter what, what, what sport you're in, takes time to sit back, breathe a little bit, and look back at the year and what happened. And I think we've gotten a little bit of a new perspective from people who lived it last year. And, you know, you can talk about it. I don't think fans want to hear too much about it. But last year was rough from the standpoint of, yeah, we had labor strife. We had a lockout. And then that lockout ended, and what happened? Well, you had popular players immediately traded. That put a bad taste in everybody's mouth. You were breaking up a team that went to the playoffs three out of four years. In the year that they didn't, they still won 86 games. You broke that up, and it pissed everybody off, and it, and it, was, a bad, it was a bad vibe. And you had all these players, and you knew the team wasn't going to win. Last year's camp was a bad vibe. And here you have Mark Kotze, who's got to help pick up the pieces. He's the new manager. It's a new regime, much like the old regime, but it's the new regime. And he's left He's left having to pick the pieces up, and he did that. And I think this year's different because now that's not the case. Time heals, and now it's a new camp. It's, it's a new start. And you've got veteran guys that are coming in here that are trying to continue their careers and then you've got a bunch of players who are now trying to make a name for themselves. None of the guys that they have brought in are guys that weren't something somewhere else, if that makes any sense whatsoever. For example, yesterday, if you watched, we had Ryan Noda on. Ryan Noda was the prospect to be the next first baseman for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, is that a big deal? Let me tell you something. I've wanted to get into this because I thought just reading this great article from our buddy Bob Nightingale in the USA Today talking about, you know, no one's given the Dodgers a chance, but here's a reality. The Dodgers have won at least 104 games in four out of the last five years. 
You want me to read that again? 104 wins yeah. or more in four out of the last five years. That's never been done in the history of baseball. We were going over, we were going over their team last night and how we don't think they're going to take a step back. 104 wins in four out of five years? That's insane how much they've won. They've won the West nine out of ten years. You know, the Padres, everybody's kissing the Padres' butt. The Padres, they haven't won a division title in 17 years since Bruce Bochy was there. They've only won five division titles in their history. I mean, the Dodgers have owned that division. And this guy, Ryan Noda, who the A's got, was supposed to be their first baseman of the future. But what did they do? They went out and signed Freddie Freeman. Well, you go out and sign Freddie Freeman, you've now blocked Ryan Noda. And Ryan Noda told you yesterday here on this program how excited he is to be here because he's got an opportunity. But you talk about the L.A. Dodgers, who have been one of the strongest overall organizations here they are winning 104 games or more four out of five years and still rate one of the top minor league systems. Andrew Friedman has run that as a well-oiled machine. So we're getting, as the A's down at the winter meetings, take Ryan Nota in the Rule 5 draft, we're not getting some slouch kid from the Dodgers. We're getting a guy who is going to be their first baseman of the future before they sign Freddie Freeman. Once again, if Freddie Freeman does not sign with the Dodgers, and let's say he actually took that deal with the Braves, there's a good chance that you would have had Ryan Noda get an opportunity to be the starting first baseman for the L.A. Dodgers. Now, if I say this guy could have been the first baseman for the L.A. Dodgers, a team that won 111 games last year, now you start to realize I'm not talking about a kid that we're just taking a flyer on. The best organization in baseball thought he was something, and now we got him. I'm excited about it. You know why I'm excited about him? I just looked up, and I wanted to check his numbers from last year in AAA and uh, AAA Oklahoma City. He had 25 home runs, which is great. He stole 20 bags. Is this another 2020 guy we can add? The Shea Langoliers and Seth Brown have competition. Well, uh, you know who's got competition? That's Dermis Garcia. Dermis Gar- you know, we, 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 when Dermis Garcia came up last year, we said, okay, this guy – at one point, was a highly regarded prospect for the Yankees. Now, making the Yankees lineup, like we've talked about with Walter Chuck and Sears, it's not easy to do. They couldn't, they couldn't put him on the 40-man. He became available. He was kind of a bonus baby. I want to say Dermis Garcia signed for around $3 million at a Latin America. I don't know. Is he, is he Dominican? Or is he from Venezuela? I'm not sure where exactly he's from. $3.2 million. God. You know what? You at least could say you were right. You're going to shortchange me for $200,000. I feel, I feel like I work for the Rays. I was going to say, or the Brewers. Wow. <laughs> You're going to skip me for $200,000? Uh, he's you don't know what we're talking about. These arbitration cases, the Rays are fighting people for two hundred grand. It's and the, like. And the Brewers fought their ace for 700000 700000 I mean, come on. I mean, a Cy Young winner, not some guy that had a good year. We're talking about a Cy Young guy. Disney just, the Disney deal just gave you an extra $30 million each. Every organization just got an extra. You really get to go to arbitration for two hundred grand. We did, we did, we did look up uh, the meltdown analytic. It is real. It, it, it is. Yes. It is real. <laughs> it started in two, it shut down. It's only on fan graphs. If it, explain what we're talking about, the thread you sent me. 
Uh, so Ryan Thompson was a pitcher. Is a pitcher for is the Rays. A pitcher for the Rays, and he was trying to justify why what happened and tell everyone. What no, happened. no, 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 no. Not justify, but he was trying to. He was. Uh, he was explaining what happened in his he arbitration. He prefaced case. it with saying that the Rays were on the up and up. Yeah. And it was just business. He wasn't upset about the pro. So we're not throwing the Rays under the bus. We like the Rays. We're friends with the Rays people. Uh, so don't. I just want to make sure. You're not putting words in his yeah. mouth. He said it was on the up and up. He has no problem with yeah, the no Rays. Yeah, no ill will did. towards them. He was just explaining what happened and breaking down what happened in the meeting. And then he mentioned this meltdown statistic that we had no idea what, what the heck it was. Nobody does. I even asked Emo about it off the air yesterday. He goes, well, I'm going to go look this up now. And, yeah, it's it's a real thing. I forget who the leader was. I, we looked up the leaderboard yesterday. It, 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 was, it, was, it came about in 2011. Nobody knows what it is. It's shut down and melt meltdown. Uh, it, it's based off win probability. Yep, that's what that's what the great Ray Jensen told us yesterday. It's based right? off that. It's, it's based off which I kind of like because win probability. It's win probability added, right? Yes. It WPA. If you look at it, if you look, it's kind of like the New York Stock Exchange. Everybody gets a little abbreviation. Win probability added is basically a great way to explain it that I read. It, and I read this a while ago. So if I'm not 100% correct, but it's like when Joe Carter in Game 6 of the World Series against the Philadelphia Phillies came to the plate, the Toronto Blue Jays were down one run, and there was a runner on first. I don't remember who the Was it Alomar was on first? I don't remember who exactly was on first. Yeah, I don't remember either. I remember the home run, obviously. But, but at that point, the win probability was in the negative for the Blue Jays and in the positive for the Phillies, right? Phillies, closeout inning, World Series. Uh, Mitch Wild thing was uh, – uh, Mitch Williams was on the mound. So, at that point, as we see percentages, the percentages were in the Phillies to win the game. They were in the plus, Blue Jays in the minus, Right at that moment in time in that game. But all of a sudden, Joe Carter hits the home run. Phillies, uh, the uh, Blue Jays now win. Series over. Would have been game seven. World Series over. So that negative probability, because it's now all over, went to 100%. So because you hit the home run, you now win. Your win probability obviously just changes. It's math, right? It's percentages. So you were being one run down with a runner on first and Joe Carr at the plate, you're still a negative win probability. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm actually looking at it right now. It was actually a three-run homer. Was it a three-run yeah. shot? Ricky and Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor scored. There's your baseball yeah. history. Ricky <laughs> and Paul Molitor were on. So they were down one run, right? Uh they were down they were down six they were down six five. Okay, they're down six five. So at that moment in time. The 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 odds are the Phillies are going to win. Yeah, and I think I think they have one probability here. On it's baseball. odds, man. It's like we want to act like we're not gambling in Vegas, but this is what basically what we're doing. The odds are we would be betting on the Phillies to win because they're the favorites at that point. But once Joe Carter hits the home run, it's over. Obviously, it changed the percentage. The percentages go to one hundred percent, and then they're up. So the bottom line: this is what this is this is this is what. This metric is, this analytic, right? Shutdown versus meltdown. So the shutdown is I come out, I'm on the mound. The odds are I get out of this. So if I get out of it, I get plus percentage points. Yeah. 
and I get credit for the shutdown. If I give up the run or I give up runs, let's say they're my own runs, it has nothing to do with ERA, but whether it's runs that I inherit or runs that score, I'm now, I lost percentage points because I gave up those runs. Now I lost the odds, and I'm now in the meltdown category. Four guys tied for the major league lead with 17 meltdowns. They are Brad Boxberger, Griffin Jacks, old friend Jake Diekman, and Tanner Scott, uh, who was with the, Mar- or the, with the Marlins. I get it, but we need to explain what, what the thing yeah. is. If you pitch a lot, like Domingo Acevedo pitched 70 times last year, right? Yeah. He, he had 70 appearances. So he's going to have shutdowns. He's going to have meltdowns. We have no – it's like it's ridiculous stat. It's a ridiculous analytics. But the Rays went and found it and used it against – because the arbitrators are bozos. They're like these lawyers who don't really even know that much about baseball. So the Rays – dust off this analytic from 2011 to use, and they end up winning the case, and they saved $200,000. Yeah, all of a stat that no one had any idea what it was until a few no days ago. No one even know. I, you know, if we, went, if we went up to the A's front office right now and said, all right, we're going to grill you, boys. I want to know every one of our pitchers' shutdowns and meltdowns. What's their numbers? I, I know one. I only know one of them because I looked at it. I know Acevedo's. No, I'm just saying. I know, but yeah, yeah. But do I you know, think our front office, no. our front office, would be like, "What are you talking about?" No, they're not. They're not looking at that. They probably. would say, "You A's cast guys, get the hell out of here! You're morons." They're looking at RA nine and all that. No, stuff. They, they have their own numbers. <laughs> yeah. They have their own scientific numbers now. Front offices don't even look at these sabermetrics anymore. They don't. Uh, but the Rays did to win a case. Yeah. I would. I would love to know what. Oh, remember they told, and the Brewers told Corbin Burns is because he was the reason why they didn't make the playoffs. Smart. We will get into that with Jim Duquette coming up here. Arbitration needs to be changed. It's really it's a it's a it's a it's an archaic. Oh, I've blown past Caprillion. Yeah, it's okay. People are hanging around. They're waiting for Cap. Cap. Enough of me and enough of your meltdowns, Cody. On this trip, uh, Ray Karate Kid. How many would, would Cody be in the negative for meltdowns on this trip? Oh yeah, he'd be in the <laughs> Cody melts down pretty quick. It, I mean. At one point, our Wi-Fi wasn't strong enough. It was windy. He melts down. He he would be the meltdown leader in Major League Baseball producers. Yeah, but I also have a lot of shutdowns, too. You do have shutdowns, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if if you were the leader of a country and you had the missile, the panic button missile, I, we would have World War III. I'm just saying. Uh, James Caprillion, I talked earlier. I, I think this is a big year for his career. Who's James Caprillion going to be as a Major League Baseball player? I think you really find out this year. I sat down with him earlier today. It's good to see you. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to be out here. It's good to be around you guys and and, uh, the rest of the staff and and the boys and uh, get this thing rolling a little bit. And really the first day where we have sun and it's warmth and it's going to be a good day for practice. Yeah, it's always a lot easier on us being out here when it's sunny and it's beautiful out right now. So I know something that you're tired of being asked, but we got to ask you. you How how are things with you physically? Things are good. Um, We took care of what we needed to take care of, um, you know. Still, still working through the process a little bit, but um, you know, I think I'm right where I need to be, and you know, excited to face hitters here soon. So, when you start thinking about start of the season, do you think that's still a goal for you? Absolutely, that's 100 percent the goal. Um, you know, obviously, we don't want to we don't want to rush, and I'm going to do my best to listen to my body. But um, you know, right now, the way th- the way that the the training staff has mapped things out, you know, working backwards, uh, I should be 
you know, if all goes well and, and, and things are feeling right, should be ready to go. Yeah, I can't wait for the day we don't talk about that because we, yeah. we've talked about your career from UCLA to the Yankees to here. And what I think and know you can be, what you want to be, I say it all the time on the show, James Caprillion wants to be the dude. Yeah. You want to be the guy. <laughs> Every five days, it's win day when you take the mound. You have that mentality. You have the stuff. It's just unfortunately things have set that back. But I know deep down that's who you want to be. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, it's uh, I, I do want to be the guy, but I want, you know, I want four guys next to me to be the guy. You know, that's that's ultimately the goal is, you know, we have a staff that, you know, that continues to push each other and compete with each other. And, and you know, we want five guys who go out there and take the ball. And, and any single day that, you know, they, they go out there, the rest of the team goes, you know, hey, we feel like we got a good chance today. Um, but especially on, on days when I'm pitching for myself personally, you know, you're, you're right. You know, I, I take pride in one, wanting to be that guy and, and, and be a leader for the staff and, um, you know, help this team win. You know, when you think about all the outings that you now have had in Major League Baseball, this offseason, when you think about it, the successes, not so successful, what do you think you need to improve on to get you to where you truly want to be? I think continuing, <clears throat> I think continuing to polish my game in a lot of areas, but I mean, honestly, it's just filling up the zone, um, attacking guys, you know, I'm not going to give too much credit to these guys. I think in the past I've done that. Um, I'm going to go up there and make them beat me. And, uh, you know, that's, that's really what I want to do. You know, if guys, if guys beat me, you know, sometimes you got to tip your cap, you know, they drive nice cars too. Um, <laughs> the, the opposition gets paid too. Yeah, they got, they got, <laughs> they do, they do all right. But, you know, I want to go out there and, and, and just be myself. And I, I think that's one thing I've learned is, is just continuing to be myself, not trying to be something I'm not. Um, myself is plenty good enough. And, and when there's days where I don't have my best outing, uh, you know, take a look at it, you know, don't necessarily dwell on it, you know, continue to, to, to move forward and, and, and realize there's always, you know, plenty of time to, you know, to make up ground for for maybe not my best start. Some of my favorite games for you is when I'm not going to say you were angry, but there was a lot of intent. And you've come out and gone, you know, today fastball. And you attack early with fastball. You, there's been games where the secondary stuff's coming, but you've played a lot of fastball, a lot of fastball early and had success with that. Am I seeing am I seeing the right thing? Yeah, I mean, I like going after guys with the fastball. Um like I said, you know, I'm just continuing to learn about myself and, 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 you know, the percentages I need to have on, on each pitch and, and what's, you know, going to be and has been most successful for me at this level. Um, and, it's, and it's a learning process, like I said. But the last two years, I think I've been able to, you know, have enough data out there where I'm able to, you know, kind of look back and see what has been effective for me. And, and you know, I think this year, um, you know, those first two years are behind me now. It's, it's you know, it's kind of time to go. I got to go do, do what I'm I'm capable of. You know, when you think about all these arms, a lot of people nationally don't know about all the arms that you have in that clubhouse. But the more that we're down here and you talk to guys, there's a lot of confident young guys. Just talk about they may not know it, but there is a lot of talent in that clubhouse. There absolutely is. Um, and that's OK. You know, we you know, we hear and see and read what everyone says about us. And, and it's OK. You know, we're OK being the, the team that pulls out, you know, guys out of the stable in the pen out there and, and bringing in a big arm and. Um, I think, you know, there's a lot of young guys, like you're saying, but I think a lot of these guys are going to be able to, you know, put guys and put teams on notice and it's going to be fun to watch. You know, um, I'm awfully comfortable, you know, whoever I'm handing the ball to in the bullpen, um, knowing that 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 next guy is going to get the job done. Um, and, and I think the more experience and time these guys have had at this level and stuff, myself included, I think it just becomes a little bit easier and uh, able to, you know, make the in-game adjustments faster. So it's going to be good. We got some new arms coming in too, and um, it's competitive and it's fun and, 
Um, that's what you want. That's how you elevate a staff. That's how you elevate a team. You bring in as many good competitive guys as you can. You compete against each other and you polish each other's game. And, you know, we're continuing to learn from each other. You know, I'm learning from younger guys. I'm learning from older guys. I'm learning from guys who played in Japan, from Korea, whatever yeah. it may be. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? So uh, we're all continuing to get each other better. And, you know, I like where we're at. We're just going to continue to work and, 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 and do what we do and play A's baseball. What was the cool thing or big thing you did in the offseason that wasn't baseball related that helped you get your mind off baseball? Uh, I got to take a trip with um, two of my best friends, which is pretty cool. Um, we we went over to Europe, kind of a trip we've been talking about since college. Um, so, you know, once that once I had a little gap in, in my life, you know, we were able to go out there to uh, Barcelona and Lisbon, Portugal and Porto, nice. Portugal for about um, eight nights total. So not too long of a trip, you know, enough to go, you know, get away from, yeah. from the rest of the world. But, you know, it was nice to go out there and experience, you know, a little different culture, a little bit different world. And, uh, you know, come back to Come, go, come back to America and, uh, you know, enjoy getting back to work. And it also kind of resets you when you come back. It's like you went, you had your good time, you enjoyed it, you bettered yourself as a person seeing the world, but then you reset and go, okay, now it's time to start getting ready. Yeah, I mean, day like seven and eight of our 10 day, ten days total there, you know, I'm, I'm like, all right, like, I'm getting itched. Like, I got to get back. I want to start training again. I want to, you know, get ready to start playing catch. So um, it's good. It's refreshing. And, and that's also something I'm learning. You know, you have to be able to, you know, separate yourself from the game a little bit. You know, I love this game so much and I find myself consuming in it so often or finding new things I want to do or work on. But, you know, that's another thing I've learned over the past two years is like I got to have time to, you know, step away from the game, you know, refresh my mind, go play golf with the guys, whatever it may be. And, um, you know, when you come back into the clubhouse, it's a lot easier to go to work after you get, you know, get that little break sometimes. Well, I can tell you, and I think you're all right with this. We got high expectations for you. Yeah. We, th we think you that. can be that guy, and we're hoping uh, this season it will be that. So continued success, stay healthy, and uh, next time we see you, we'll be in Oakland. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it for having me. There you go, James Caprillion, and I'll stand by it. I think he has the makeup. You got to have the makeup. Let's face it, everybody can. everybody's got stuff. As your friend, Eno Saris, would say, stuff plus. Talk to Eno on Monday, by the way. I was, uh, I was, I was actually texting with our, our, our national baseball columnist, Eno Saris, from The Athletic today about the Albert Pujols. Just let me know when you want me to start ripping on the Angels. Just let me know. I've got a whole thing on it. Well, we did a little bit of it yesterday. but Yeah, I got two punching bags. I got the Angels and I got the Astros. Whenever you want me to go off on the Angels, I, I did this is this is comical. It, like the more I start thinking about it, because I get I got up early because Commander wanted to get here super early, and we had to check out of our hotel. So I've been up early thinking about stuff, <laughs> and one of them is Albert Pujols. You might think about other. I think about how to rip the Angels when I get up in the morning. I brush my teeth with the Angels because I can't stand them. I was waiting for you to be like, I brushed my teeth with the rally monkey. I'm like, don't know if my wife's going to appreciate that. No. Yeah, we'll get the rally monkey going again. But I can't wait to rip them a little bit later in the show. But but you know, that's the thing. It's like all these guys. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in Arizona or the Grapefruit League in Florida. I mean, n name a team. We could go into the Tigers camp. We could go into the uh, – Blue Jays. E well, in, 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 Guardians are here. Blue Jays, Rays, Marlins, Braves, Red Sox, Yankees, Phillies, Orioles. Who else is there? Nats. Astros. Pirates. We could go into any of their camps. You're going to find guys that throw in high 90s to 100. 
You're going to find guys that got nasty breaking stuff. Everybody's got it. Everybody, I can go into colleges. I can go in the SEC, Big 12, Big 10, Pac-12, and find guys who are nasty. Mountain West, Big West, you name it, I can find guys everywhere. There's talent everywhere. I can go to the Dominican. I can go to Venezuela. I can go to Japan. I can go to Australia. You can find guys with stuff all over the – we're a world game. It's a, glo- it's a globe game. But what is the one thing guys have trouble doing? even though they have all this stuff that everybody rants and raves with radar guns and high-def cameras and TrackMan and Rapsodos and all this technology we have to show all this greatness. What's the one thing all these guys with this great stuff have trouble doing? Putting it together? Getting people out. Follow along. You have to get outs. How many outs do you need to win a game? Uh, 27. We have problem getting outs. I don't know what it is. I can look at a kid. Oh, we love filming these bullpens, don't we, at the beginning of the year. Oh, Fuji threw 40 pitches. We watched. Yeah, we were there. We we were there. We saw Fuji yesterday <laughs> over at Fitch, the Lou Wolf complex, throw to hitters. Ooh, Grady Fuson, A's great, the super scout, the legend, uh, was here yesterday. So, you know, the reason why we had two lefties first that he faced because we wouldn't want him to face a righty right out of the gate. That's kind of information. You're not going to get that on MLB.com. You get that here on A's cast, the inside. Fuji wasn't facing righties right out of the gate. What? What was that alarm for? I, even, look, look, even the volume's turned off. Why is your phone ringing? Uh, <laughs> you got to go, go to the airport. airport. <laughs> Cody is a panic airport guy. I'm not a panic airport guy. We've checked in. We're already A's. We're ready to go. Cody, Cody's like worried we got to leave now to check our bags in for a seven-hour. We're seven fifteen flight. And he's, he's, he's like kicker panic in a fantasy football league. He's got airport <laughs> panic. Um, I, I, I panic more for defenses. So, yeah, you got inside yesterday. If you didn't notice and you didn't listen, uh, Grady Fuson told you, yeah, we're not having Fuji face right-handers right out of the gate because we want them to get comfortable. So they had them facing just lefty batters. And people take videos of it. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. But here's a guy that throws 100 miles an hour with a split. Can he get people out? We don't know yet. Scott Emerson, the pitching coach, hitting is timing. So if hitting is timing, pitching is disruption of timing. Can you get people out? Everybody thinks you have to throw hard. I don't know. Greg Max didn't throw 100. No. I mean, we got a guy on the staff now. Paul Blackwood doesn't throw hard. Uh, Tom Glavin won 300 games. He didn't throw 100. No. You have to be able to get outs. Do you get outs? That's why if you're Jacob DeGrom and you throw 100 with the nasty slider and you only go five innings, well, I got four more innings to cover. I need outs. Can you get me outs? We are so enamored with all of these guys and their physical gifts, we forget to ask the question, can they get anybody out? Yeah, how many guys? We've seen so many guys over the years that throw hard but don't get anybody out. You may not care about pitchers' wins, but can we win the game with him in there? Because uh, last time I checked, winning and losing is still the most important thing in the in the sport. Still is. And I, I remember. I Take your ex fip and shove it. <laughs> I want wins. Uh, a, a good example of that a couple of years ago was Bruce Star Gratterall. Remember, the guy throws a hundred plus, but in he the twenty twenty lo- playoffs, he was the next closer of the future. Yeah, and the guy can't locate half the time. You're no good to me. 
you can't get people out, I don't care if you throw 130. What good or what good is it if you can't get people out? And that's you know, that's where we are. And James Caprillion to me is a guy that has the mental makeup. Getting back to what I why I started with this. Yeah, I can I can throw you I can I can find you a bunch of throwers. There's a lot of guys out there now. Every college has guys throwing high 90s now. This is not something new. This is now dime a dozen. Hard throwers are a dime a dozen. So are Tommy John guys. A lot of people throw into the radar gun. What I don't have is a lot of pitchers who get outs. I don't care how throw. I don't care what your spin rate is. I don't care what your velocity is. I don't. You you can baseball savant me to death. Do you get outs? Do you get outs? Ken Holtzman. Ken Holtzman won so many big games for this organization. It's a joke. He would not have been your kind of guy because he. He basically had two pitches, fastball, changeup, but he would change the the velocity of his fastball. He had the A fastball and then the BP fastball, which acted like a changeup, but all he was doing is just disrupting timing of the hitters. That's what he did. He pitched, and he got outs, and he was done in two hours, and he won big playoff games and World Series games and got the hell out. He was a pitcher. I need guys who can get outs. I think Caprillion can be this guy. And I love it that times when Cap goes up there and goes, you know what, first time through the lineup, this is my fastball. Because even though Cap doesn't throw 98, his fastball plays. It plays. It gets on hitters. He's got stuff. The question just is, can he take the ball every five days? How many starts? And Because if you can't give me starts, you can't give me innings. You're not the guy. He believes he can be the guy. I think he can be the guy. This is the year to prove he can be the guy. Yeah, I think it's a big year for him. Remember, we, th- we always talked about last year the, the streak of never going into the sixth inning. But yeah. I think this is a year where I think we can maybe hopefully start seeing him go deeper in the games because then it kind of gets away those questions of, is he better off just being a, a middle reliever or a long reliever because he can't pitch deep in the games? But if he's back truly healthy and you can see some of the form of what the Yankees saw coming out of UCLA – when he did throw a little harder, he did throw in the upper 90s when they drafted him. But he doesn't do that anymore, and he's going to learn how to learn how to throw with lower velocity. But I, I'm expecting him to be. Ah, I see plenty of guys throwing 97 with five ERAs. Yeah, so. so I, I, is, 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 is velocity. And you know what? Let's just see all your huffers and puffers. Let's just see once we have the pitch timer. Where velocity is in baseball. It's gonna, Let's just see. That's going to be fascinating because their guys aren't going to have as much time in between to to catch their breath. Because I think especially we ta- for starters, you're yeah. in the fourth or fifth inning, and you got to deliver every 15 seconds. You're not going to be able to. And we talked to Vince Catronio today about some of the little secrets that they're planning on, like where catchers holding the ball. Oh, it's scuffed up. Let's throw it out because he's trying to get his pitcher some more time because every 15 seconds he's gassed. The umpire's got to step in and go, nope, let's go. Start the timer. Stop throwing the ball out. Stop, stop. So you and your era of velocity honks where all you care about is strikeouts and velocity hopefully is going to change. And I get some pitchers back. The, the guy that watches here, I'm, I'm interested in it, in him, is Hunter Green from the Reds who throws 100. Literally, he threw like 300-something pitches over 100 miles an hour last year. He, I don't think that number gets anywhere what close. Was his ER, what, by the way, what was his ERA? Young man out of L.A. is a good story. What was his ERA? 
Mr. Uh, I throw over 100 miles an hour, former first-round pick. He was the first pick in the draft, right? Uh, he was second. Second. Uh, he was 5-13 and 13 with a 4.44 ERA. What was that ERA? 4.44. Uh, but he throws over 100 miles an hour. Oh, but people go, he has a lot of strikeouts. He throws over 100 miles an hour. He's got a 4-4 ERA. How is that possible? His ERA should be under 2 if he throws that hard. If you tell me velocity is the end-all, end-all, why isn't his ERA better? Yeah. He was the second pick in the draft. He throws 100 miles an hour, and you're trying to tell me how great he is with velocity, and he's got an over four ERA in the great American band box. If he throws hard, how come, how come he doesn't get guys out? He's the greatest hitter in the world. Well, ask Brad Pitt playing Billy Bean. <laughs> if he's such a great hitter, why doesn't he hit? Well, this guy is so great, and these velocity guys are so great. Why don't they? Why don't? Why don't their actual numbers show it? Why aren't they win day guys? Are you a win day guy if you got a four four ERA? Um, no, not for, not at all. I, I I, you know what I I think our sport's going to pivot. I think there's going to be a pivot. There's going to be a pivot with the running game with the new rules. The new rules are going to change baseball. Everybody is saying it. Now, to the degree of how it changes is debatable. You know, Mark Kotze said, ah, stealing up 10%. Dave Roberts, I heard Dave Roberts on Buster Olney's podcast. I think it was Buster Olney's podcast. Yeah, it was. Um, but incentivizing runners. Dave Roberts said, I'll believe he thinks stolen bases will be up. Hey, Dave Roberts was built on stolen bases, one of the biggest stolen bases in the history of baseball. Uh, Dave Roberts says, I think the jump will happen when front offices start paying guys to do it, uh, which I think is going to happen immediately in the first year. We're going to see, whoa, stolen bases, run scored. Let's let's get guys doing it. But whatever. The game is going to change. Everybody agrees, right? And one of the pivots is going to be, hey, man, you got to throw the ball every 15 seconds. If you don't throw strikes – and we're speeding the game up. You know how, like, things can spiral in a good way, but they can also spiral real quick in a bad way? I got a feeling that when things start going bad for a pitcher, what do pitchers do? What's just What do human beings normally do? And what are we trained to do when things start not going our way? Panic? No. We're supposed to breathe, relax, and slow it down. That's what they tell you. Psychologists will tell you that. Mental coaches will tell you that. I got the great karate kid Ray Jensen agreeing with me, right? What do they say to golfers? Golfers, golf, professional golfers are really, because you talk about a, a mental train wreck sport where guys can become train wrecks. Golf's a great example. When you start hitting it all over the place, what do they tell you to do? Slow it down. Slow your heart rate. Slow your mind. Slow it down. And what are we now saying in baseball? Ah, speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. So that is going to be interesting, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about this, and I kind of see myself as if I, I struggle with control at times because I was trying to throw so hard because I was trying to live up to what Cody's people wanted was pure velocity. Well, all of a sudden, once you lose your release point and you're, and you're out of whack because you're throwing too hard, you need to slow it down. Well, how can I slow it down if I've got to deliver a pitch over 15 seconds? So I think when guys start spiraling out of control, it's going to be panic on the mound. And you're going to see guys going, ah, because, hey, it's time to deliver the ball, deliver the ball. You don't have time to, 
I'm telling you right now, how many times have you seen in, in, in Major League Baseball a guy struggle where he steps off the mound, whew, deep breath, puts his glove here, and he starts rubbing up the ball? That happens a lot. They can't do that anymore. Right? Folks, I've now thrown three balls in a row, two balls in a row. I just walked a guy. I've okay, How many times? I come out and I walk a guy. Guy goes to first base. Now as a pitcher, I get up on the mound. I throw two balls in a row. And now everybody goes, ooh. How many times have you seen the pitcher take his glove off, put it right here, step off, and just rub to gather himself, right? Because that's what a mental coach would tell you to do. Slow the process down. Slow it down. Get your heart rate down. Breathe. Breathing's a big thing for people who have anxiety. What do they tell you? I've never had anxiety. Well, I did when uh, I knew I never studied for a final and I had to go in and guess my way through and wing it. Um, (laughs) But that's probably the only time. School, and that was my own fault. You're somebody that's had anxiety, right? A little bit here and there. Not too much, but yeah. And didn't you use breathing? Yeah. Well, I'm a big meditation guy, so breathing's huge. Okay. Well, do you meditate in 15 seconds? No. Do you bring your heart rate down in 15 seconds? No. Do you do anything in 15 seconds? No. With mental health, no one will tell you. And remember, we're, we're now really delving into the mental game of sports more than ever before and mental health and anxiety and depression and all these different things. And they tell you when things are going bad, breathe, relax, find your breath. I'm not telling you anything that you probably haven't heard before, but it's true. This is what they tell you. I'm, I'm telling you, though, you don't have that time anymore. I'm not putting my glove down and rubbing the ball and, whew, boy, man, I can't find the plate. This isn't good, but don't worry. Fall back on my training. I, that, those days are over. you got to get on the mound, and you got to throw strikes. So, Mr. First-Round Draft Pick that throws 101 miles an hour, you're walking the yard, and that timer's constantly going. Guess what that's going to be in your mind? Panic. You got the panic button? Let me tell you what it's going to be on the mound coming up in Major League Baseball. Nobody's talking about it. You're going to hear it first. Uh, this is see. what's going to be playing in the minds of pitchers who have lost their release point and they can't step off and gather themselves. It's going to be. And everybody in the ballpark's going to know it. Pitchcom's not going to save you. Your catcher's not going to save you. Your pitching coach coming out to talk to you is going to not going to save you. There's nothing to save you anymore. There's no time to gather yourself. There's no time to reflect. There's no time to breathe. There's no time to rub the ball up. You've got 15 seconds. Oh, boy, there's a runner on first. Now you got 20. These dudes were taking over 30 seconds per pitch. That's gone. And you know what? Another thing that Vince Catronio told us, because they all met at Chase Field where the uh, D-backs played, and we're going to get a baseball official. Oh, it's confirmed. Dan Otero is going to be on with us Tuesday. The great Dan Otero, former A, is going to join us, who's working for Major League Baseball, to go over the rules in our second pregame show of the season. Ace Cast Live will be your pregame for spring training. So, essentially, you're going to have 20 seconds with a runner on, or you're going to have – 15 seconds with nobody on. Hitters have to be in the box and engage looking at the pitcher in eight seconds. If not, it's a strike. And they're telling everybody, I don't care if Mike Trout doesn't like it. I don't care if Shohei Otani or Judge or uh, who you want, Bryce Harper, even though he won't be here until midseason, but you name it, Machado, name a hitter. 
Nando. Nando. Nah, Nando. Um, Freeman. Betts. Giancarlo. Giancarlo. He'll be hurt. Uh, Buxton. Correa. Arenado Goldschmidt. Buxton will be hurt. Correa. Correa, I don't know. The x-rays, they might have to amputate his leg after what those doctors are saying. But anyway, you're, you're getting our set. They got all these guys that you can't big league. You have to be in the box and looking at the pitcher engaging because what they don't want you to do is be barking and moaning at the umpire and then you step in with two seconds left. Nope. Eight seconds. You're going to have the pitch time. The hitter has to be in the box, look at least You don't have to be like this, but you have to be looking at the pitcher with eight seconds or they're calling a strike on you. So nobody gets ch- no one gets a chance. So I'm telling you, this is going to affect pitching like you wouldn't believe because this isn't the minor leagues. This is the big leagues. This is the third deck. This is the stadiums. This is television. This is a whole different ball game. Major League Baseball actually on the field feels fast. Even though we as fans think it's slow, on the field it feels fast. We're going to speed it up. And I think there's going to be anxiety. I think there's going to be – I mean, when you lose your release point and you start to not know where it's going, and you – especially at breaking balls, you throw a couple breaking balls in the dirt and you lose confidence, man, you lose confidence and have less time, you lose – feeling and have less time, that's going to be Panic at the Disco, man. I know that's a band. It is, yes. Panic at the Disco. Everybody's going to be freaking out, and I can't wait. Remember, you heard it here first. You're going to see meltdowns, true meltdowns, by pitchers on the mound because they can't gather themselves and they can't throw strikes and they've lost their release point and no one's going to save them because the clock is always ticking. Now, Mr. Huff and Puff and blow your house down, throwing 98 to 101 miles an hour, he's got to figure out how to throw strikes. And it's going to change the game. And what happens if you got a bunch of people stealing on you at the same time? How about that? You're out there panicking, throwing strikes. You're not even paying attention to the running game. So what are they going to do on the bases? Still. And now everybody's, leads. And now everybody's taking 90 feet on you. This game, no one's talking. What I'm saying, have you heard from anybody else? No. They may have addressed it a little bit, but I'm telling you, it's going to be full-on panic out on the mound, and that's why I think what I said to Mark Kotze, I'll say again, we need to be the running A's, and we need to create that havoc. We need to be creating havoc at all times. People need to come into series against the A's thinking these guys are going to run all over us, and it's oh my God. Because most right-handed pitchers, especially power pitchers, have horrible moves to first base. They don't like throwing to first base. They just want to get up there and strike everybody out because people like Cody have told them that's all that matters. Controlling the running game, they're not good at it. They haven't been taught it. They've been taught just to throw it and blow it by everybody. Well, if they don't know how to hold runners, take 90 feet. Take second. I'm Ricky Henderson. I'm taking second. I'm taking third. I'm stealing 90 feet. More 90 feet I take, the more runs I score. That's how the A's win this year. I really want to see the stolen. I want to see them. Now, I'm not saying 341 steals like 1976 Oakland A's when they were really were the Why running Why not? If they could do that, that'd be great. Why not? I mean, Billy Norris still 75 bases. I mean, if we start adding up, right, I mean, we've joked, but Shea Langoliers, he has the ability to steal 20 bases. Yeah, we told him that. He also he he uh, bumped me in the 
locker room, and I told him uh, in the clubhouse, and I told him, mm, 25 now. He is, he's a guy. Seth Brown's another one. Tony Kemp. Uh, we saw, I mentioned earlier, Ryan Nota sold 20 bases last year and hitting 25 home runs. Uh, Estuary, or no, I'll let you say it. How do you say his name? Esteuri Ruiz. Ruiz. He sold 86 total bases last year. Now, you might hear it differently. That is the um, Spanish pronunciation. Yeah. I have been told from Izzy. Yeah, Isabella. Bella. Yeah. Is Izzy Bella or Isabella. <laughs> she has all these names, and she is the great person that you see on the field before the games telling everybody what to do. She gave me the pronunciation. Yeah. Um, who else? So uh, if I'm wrong, blame her. Uh, uh, and she got it from Ruiz, so I'm uh, getting it from the source. I mean, Nick I mean, Nick Allen isn't slow. Maybe he could sell some bags, too. It's not like there's – I don't think the A's will be anywhere near the bottom. And so, like, like last year I could – It's a travesty. Oh, look, see where the um, – the teams where where the A's ranked amongst teams and stolen okay. bases. Okay, hey, tell me how many how many stolen bases did the A's have last year? That's what I'm going to look up. Because I just went 13 times 20. Does anybody know what 13 times 20 is off the top of your head? Yeah, 260. I I, I didn't. So I went to my calculator on my phone. It's 260. So I just want 20 stolen bases from each guy. What is that? Well, uh, 20, uh, 200. 20 it's, from each guy. There's 260. What yeah. did we have last year? I'm getting there. Hold on. Uh, the A's had 78. The now, remember, what if what if, what if if Ruiz goes off for, like, 60? And Ramon gives you th- – I'm just saying, on average, if all 13 guys – and there's going to be up and downs. And if at the end of the year – the 13 guys that played the position, because you only have 26 guys on a roster, the 13 guys that were here at any given time by the end of the year, everybody averaged 20. I'll give you a 260. Yeah. Why not? Running A's. I, I'll go on record. I think we're foolish if we don't think we're going to be running. I think we're foolish. We're absolutely foolish, and we're not taking advantage of the rules. We're not taking advantage of these pitchers having to make adjustments they don't like. I think we're foolish. I think we should be green light. Get your track. You're not wearing spikes. You're wearing track shoes. We're going to run people into the ground. Yeah. Uh, the, the team. Do you know what team led baseball in steals last year? Uh, yes. Texas Rangers. Correct. Them and the Marlins. Ah! The Marlins. Them and Marlins were one and two. Yeah. Run, baby. Run. Why would you not take 90 feet? The Minnesota Twins stole a major league low. 38 bags last year. I'll tell you something. Money ball and home runs and walks, your team's not built for that. I know Mark Kotze likes to say, we still got some guys that get the ball to the ballpark. Okay. Well, when they start doing that, that's great. Until then, until we see consistent home runs, I need to see guys running. I mean, I have it. Brad Pitt infamously said in Moneyball. Another thing, no more stealing. That's what I do. That's what you pay me to do. No, I pay you to get on first, and I get thrown out of second. Well, Brad Pitt, you're <laughs> wrong. We're paying you to steal second, and we're paying you to steal third. Uh, where are we? Uh, we Next up is Sam Mall. Sammy oh. Spinrate. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
Sammy's spin rate has got some explaining to do because supposedly he does know all about his spin rate, but according to him yesterday, he does not. But he had a he had a pretty good year last year, and he is going to be big for the A's bullpen. Here is your bearded left-hander. Cannot believe you haven't heard Sammy spin rate. It's, it's pretty impressive at this point that I haven't. We've been talking about that all since last year. I mean, it's a fitting, right? You're, you you definitely got some spin rolling. Yeah, it's something that I don't even know how it's come about. Uh, obviously, technology has advanced, and uh, I haven't uh, ever done any mechanically uh, things to manipulate that, so it's always something I've just somewhat been blessed with. So you don't think about it? Not at all, no. Yeah, isn't that funny how, like, we're so – the world of baseball has changed so much – that we can go to baseball savant and we can follow every one of your pitches and we can see everything that's going on with it. And you're like, that's just what I naturally do. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I surprise myself. It's, it's honestly, sometimes I, I try to compete with myself, see if I can beat another one and beat another one. And it, you know, nothing that affects pitch quality, but it's just interesting, something to keep up with. And uh, obviously something to try to utilize. You know, when you think about your year last year, I think you had to go into this offseason thinking kind of mission accomplished. You, you you had a really good season. I think I exceeded my expectations coming into spring training last year. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I really had any expectations for where I may fall as far as roster wise. Uh, just try to come in and put my uh, best foot forward. And I think I did that and uh, just continue to build off uh, experiences up there. You know, when you think about in your career, I mean, every single year you've been in baseball, bullpens have started to eat up more innings than than every year. It's yeah. been a record every single year since you've been playing. So what has that been like watching starters go less and you guys in the bullpen take more of a responsibility for the volume of innings? I would say it's been a little more challenging. Um, you certainly you know, early in the season, you're trying to figure out everyone's role. So at that point, you're trying to figure out when I need to be ready, which on the earlier side of the season, it's could be, you know, you wouldn't want it to be early uh, as far as, you know, the fourth or fifth, but you always want to be prepared for that. And so when you didn't have roles early on, it made for a little bit of, um, you know, more preparation, uh, more time to get ready. And at least before they call your name, that way you are ready. But like you said, it's, you know, bullpens are eating up more innings. So it's just, uh, it's, you know, it's more value for us. Uh, and and we take that to heart. There's no doubt. And it definitely helps you guys out. You guys want to compete. But at some point you like, I remember Domingo Acevedo just walked by. I was like, God, he had 70 appearances. The guy went from 10 appearances in his career to 70. I mean, that's a lot of volume going it on. It is. And, you know, he's. You know, uh, Acevedo is a horse. He was last year. Uh, we're hoping, you know, he can do the same thing this year. We're all hoping we can contribute a little bit more and uh, and get some excitement there. I think your bullpen's going to be a lot better. What do you think? I believe so. You know, we you know we got some guys back from injury. Uh, you know, including myself and Jackson and uh, Danny and you know if I'm missing anybody else. But I think if we can keep that that core strong and healthy, I think we'll be successful. You bring in May. I mean, you yeah, got. Yeah. I mean, you you. Now that, as you mentioned, Jimenez and Jackson closed, learned how to close, really got their chance in the big leagues, you now have a slew of guys you could say, yeah, he could close today or he could close today. Legit options. 100%. Yeah, and that's always a good option for uh, – You could close. 
Yeah, I've, I've tried to a couple of times <laughs> this time. Hopefully this year I can get the first one done. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot easier for Cots to be able to, uh, you know, manage a bunch of guys in the bullpen that can do the ninth inning. And it makes it a lot easier for him. And, and you know, we're, we're hoping to do that for him. How important is it as a left-hander to be able to say, I can get anybody out? And the rule stating that you got to be in for three batters. Right. I mean, how much – I mean, because I, I can imagine if, if they just said, you can only get one style of guy out, that upset you. Yeah, 100%. You know, you never want to be handcuffed out there, and you never want, uh, you know, people thinking that you, you are handcuffed uh, when it comes to, you know, different batters uh, and lefty and righty. Um, but for me, hopefully this year I can incorporate a changeup I've been working on, and that would mainly be to, you know, help uh, throw another weapon to a, a righty. No. Uh, so, you know, we'll see how that goes. It's always that if you don't have a look away from a righty, Right. He can start always looking in, especially right. if you're always coming to breaking stuff. Right. It's that other, it's change that people talk about all the time. And I know Scott Emerson talks about all the time, hitting's timing, pitching's mm -hmm. disruption of timing, just giving him a different look away. Even if you're not throwing it for a strike, just to, so that he sees something. hundred percent. Just, just puts in the back of their head, another, uh, you know, tool that I can go to, um, you know, and you know, just because I have the highest spin rate doesn't mean I always can get away with it. And, you know, there's obviously times where I make pitches that are, not as quality as I'd like, and it doesn't really matter how fast it's spinning or how slow it's spinning. So, uh, obviously, quality of execution of pitch, and then, like you said, you know, disrupting timing. Sammy spin rate. I mean, we could make T-shirts. I mean, we could get a – you know the fans out in right or left field can make a poster out of that? I hope so. I'm kind of I'm kind of digging that. I hope so. That's It's a it's a first time for me here, and I, I really like it. Uh, let's end on this. You think there's going to be some moments where you got to be that veteran and help out some of these young pitchers because you got a lot of young kids in there. Uh, we do, and I think uh, collectively as a bullpen, uh, we can definitely help each other out. I mean, if I, someone needs to or needs help, or you know, if I'm very approachable when it comes to that, and I, I enjoy talking pitching. So, you know, I uh, definitely would would help somebody out. Well, we appreciate the time. I, I know it's a little chilly out here. Thanks for coming out. And, All righty, uh, no problem. Can't wait to do this again in Oakland. All righty, thank you. Appreciate it. Not today. My God, it's picture perfect. Today is, is well, it could be a little hotter because we're like high 60s right now. Yeah, something like that. But, like, if it was, like, 72, 75-ish, it would be a little better. But today, we'll, I mean, we'll take it after uh, after being really cold. By the way, I did not know this, but we actually have games going on right now. I pulled it up on my computer. The Mariners are beating the Padres right now. They share a complex in Peoria. Not my favorite. Uh, 3 nothing. Manny Machado is the very first guy who didn't get into the box and engage in time. Ha! It's a strike. You got eight sec with eight when, when the clock, you got 15 seconds when nobody's on. The pitcher has a pitch or 20 seconds when somebody's on. But by the time the clock hits eight seconds, batter's got to be in the box, engaged, ready to rock. If he's not, they're going to call a strike on you. Manny Machuk, can you play it? Uh, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have it. It was on Instagram. So it was some Instagram account that shared it. It was on the gram. Yeah. There was something else for Manny Machado today, too. Apparently he was on, I think he was on 93.7 The Fan, maybe. Or they might have, yeah. Um, he said, it's obviously, let's talk about his opt-out. It's obviously a hard decision for me and my family, but it's not about myself or anything. He told Ben and Woods on 93.7 The whoa, Fan. Whoa, wait, wait, what, what? Say that again. It's obviously a hard decision for me and my family, but it's not about myself or anything. 
Some people might say he just wants some money. No, we love San Diego. We have a home here. We love the organization, blah, blah, blah. Apparently he blamed it on uh, inflation is why he opted out. Let me see if I can find the quote that they use. Where's the, I'm sorry, I'm still looking. Because I saw it pop up on my phone earlier and I didn't get a chance to look at it. Wait, he said it's not about him. Yeah, it, but it's not about myself or anything. It's not about myself or anything. You opted out of a guaranteed $150 million. That was That's what was left, right? Uh, I'm not yeah. hating on Manny, by the way. Let me see that. I, 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 I understand the economics of the game. I understand lesser players were just offered more money. Now, he agreed to a contract, but because the Padres gave him an opt-out, it's his right on pro player. I mean, we have contracts, right? You have a contract that was offered. The team and the player agreed to it. In that contract, there is an opt-out, so you have the right to opt-out. The team agreed to that originally, so he has an opportunity to opt-out. He has an opportunity to look at the guys that signed around him this past year who are lesser players than him. Manny may be a pain, but Manny's a baller. We, I mean, we've known that all the years in Baltimore. Manny is a, an amazing – Manny Machado's an amazing talent. Yeah. I, I wish I had Manny Machado's talents. So Manny Machado had the right to opt out. After, has the right to opt out after the season. He says he's going to. Same thing DeGrom, DeGrom did last year with the Mets. But there are optics to it. And when you say that this isn't about me, myself, it's not. Why can't you just own it? Be a man and own it. Here's more. This is the quote where he mentions about markets and stuff. But at the end of the day, sometimes business is business. And I think it would wouldn't be in my interest if, I, you know, the market has changed in five years. And in one year, it's changed. You see it in life. You see it in the real world. Let's take away baseball. The price of eggs is how much? It's just life. Things change. A lot of things change. Ultimately, the markets change, right? He's right. The market has changed. But using real life, eggs are up like 37%. Using eggs and everyday things that people need to survive and take care of their families is is – is just flat out wrong. As people struggle with inflation, inflation is affecting all of us at the gas pump, at the grocery store, uh, baby formula, stuff that people need for their children. To, to equate that with you turning down $150 million guaranteed is just flat out ignorant. And, the number one's- and one reason, you know, it's stuff like that that makes you fall back to say why people don't like Manny Machado because it's just dumb. Why would you why would you you've already made over a hundred million dollars off the Padres plus the money you made from the Orioles. So Manny Machado in his career has made over a hundred million dollars. He has a hundred and fifty million guaranteed after this. He's gonna say no to hundred and fifty, opt out for a new contract. That's fine, that's a business of business of baseball. But then to equate it to everyday life that we all have to live with payments and rent and to, bro. Figure it out. And, you know, those guys and just knowing, once again, we live in a baseball culture where everybody's, like, so stoked and everything's so great. They don't have the cojones to go, 
Manny, why are you going to – and I would. If Manny was an A, I would say, Manny, it's kind of hard to compare the everyday person who's trying to survive versus you turning down $150 million. Now, I agree you have the right to do it, and i do the same, knowing I could get more. But to say you're doing it because of inflation, because wait, wait, your wife goes to the grocery store and can't afford eggs on the over $100 million you've already made? Yeah, it's a it's a bit odd. That's a bad look, man. That's a bad, and it makes people go, "Yep, yeah, that's why you don't like Manny Machado because he puts his foot in his mouth again." Uh, by the way, the number one headline on ESPN.com: Time is up. Machado commits first clock violation. Manny's all over the place today, <laughs> good for, not for good reasons. And by the way, what if Manny Machado gets hurt this year? Will he still opt out? I mean. What was he? I mean, I don't think he'll. It's gonna be the second time in two years a guy's done that. I mean, what happens if he has gets a bad injury? Not rooting for it, but let's say he gets a bad injury. Can the Padres go? No, no, no! You said you were gonna opt out. We're gonna take this money to sign Juan Soto. See ya. I mean, they. I mean, I guess they could, and it could happen. But Manny really has been injured, so he's been pretty lucky. But what Manny's the, been a baller. Manny's yeah. a baller. Manny was. Uh, was he runner up or his third in MVP balloting? I think he was runner up. Yeah, I think he was. Um, who did win the MVP? Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt, yeah. He was a good player. Uh, Manny finished second. Yeah, man, and, and, and Manny, you know, we talk about all the time, the best ability is availability. What does Manny Machado do? He plays. He shows up every day ready to rock. Played in 150 games last year, 153 the year before, 156 in 2019, 162 in 2018. He's played in – Every year of his career, except for 2014, he's and you don't count the pandemic here, he's played in over 155 games. I mean, I, I would take – put it this way. Manny Machado is going to be 31. They just signed Xander Bogarts at 31. I mean, it's not even a, it's not even a question who I'd rather have. Xander Bogarts or Manny Machado? Are you kidding me? Because we already know Xander's not going to play shortstop very long. He's going to have to move somewhere. And they may want Machado to leave. I don't know. They take that money, the sign. So, I don't know. It's the Padres. I don't care. But I take Manny Machado over Xander Bogarts long term. I take Manny Machado over Trey Turner long term. Who else am I missing out there? I take him over Nando and his circus. There's a lot of guys. What about Soto? I take Manny over Soto. Soto didn't have a – he wasn't very good last year. Soto walks a lot. I to give me Manny Machado. Play- Manny Machado carried the Padres last year. Yeah, he did. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else they've had over that. No, those are the big guys. Who are, no, I'm talking about who else signed last year. I take him over Correa. Oh yeah. What about Judge? No. But not apples to apples. Yeah, no. Because Manny- Judge is an outfielder. Yeah. I'm talking about the infielders. And Soto, you mentioned because they're on the same team. But I'm looking at the guys that signed infielders. Yeah, you, you take them over. I'm taking them over Correa. I'm taking them over Turner. I'm ta- dude, I'd take them over shorts at shortstop. Yeah. Manny Machado still could play short, be a yeah. terrific shortstop. Yeah, you're taking them over uh, Dansby Swanson. Totally. I'm taking Manny Machado uh, uh, over any of those guys. So, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other major free agent infielder that signed last year. Swan, uh, tr- Trey Turner, Bogarts, Swanson. Swanson. Correa, they yeah. were, those are the big four. Yeah. I take Manny Machado over all four of those guys. If we want to go back one year, would you take him over Seager? Totally. Yeah. I think Seager's overrated. Ooh. Overrated. Well, defense isn't good. That's He's sure. terrible defensively, and now you can't hide him in the shift. So watch that war go, whoop, can he hit? Yes. 
Can he stay healthy? Don't know. Is he bad defensively? Yes. Would I have given him $300 million? No way. By the way, we talked about how good the Dodgers are at talent evaluations. Who, who's the one guy that went? From the Dodgers? Uh, Bellinger? Seager? You just don't follow along. They just told Seager, beat it. Yeah, well, yeah. They didn't even negotiate. If he was so good as the World Series MVP, the NLCS MVP, you thought they would have rolled out the Brinks truck for him. If you're going to tell me the Dodgers are so good at evaluating talent, by the way, they've won 104 games four out of the last (laughs) five years. They've won at least 104. If they're so good at signing players, retaining players, and having a farm system – it's them, the Astros. You look at these teams that are so good at, and they basically didn't even make an offer to Seager. What does that tell you? Yeah, I guess they weren't very high on him. Plus, he was, he was injured a lot. And then they did the same thing with Cody Bellinger. And who's who was desperate just to get anybody to take their money? The Rangers. And then they signed him. I'm not – by the way, whatever is cooking right now smells delicious. Yeah. Is that brisket or so yeah, ribs? It's or something, yeah. It's some type of barbecue. Ray, if you find out and they're selling, I'm buying. Go find out what they're cooking. Right, I'm telling you, Ho-Ho Cam right now getting ready for tomorrow. They're smoking something. Yeah. It's going to be a good time. Game 12.05 tomorrow. 12, Smells delish. 12.05 Pacific, 105 here in the Valley, uh, Mountain Time. Yeah. It's I s- snakes. I, I'm, I'll go on. I think Seeger is highly overrated. A lot of people think he's going to be better this year without the shift. No, you have one guy, Hembo who has said he's going to be great. I haven't heard anybody else. There's been articles written about the, the, the guys who lost numbers in the shift. That hits I, the find shift. me the article that's about Corey Seager. Oh, well, no. You won't. He's overrated. Hebo's the same guy that said Yelich was better than Trout. You said that, not me. <laughs> My good friend Hembo, fly, Eagles, fly. Yeah. I will not go against Hembo from ESPN. But, yeah, I, I put it this way. I don't have to go to DSR or UZR on either fan graphs or, or uh, baseball reference to know Seager wasn't good defensively. And now he's going to have to play short without the shifts. He's really going to get exposed. So you better hit way more home runs and drive in way more runs or his war <laughs> will sink. Yeah, what was I – mean, before we get to Adam Aller, what was his – what was, what was Corey Seager's war last year? Corey Seager in his first year, he had a four war. He did it 33 home runs. He hit 245, though. Uh, hey, you know how I am. 119 OPS plus. That's 19% better than league average. You're paying over $30 million for only 19 points higher yeah. than the average guy? How many bases did he steal last year? He had to, They all did. They were a running team. Three. He, didn't, he stole three. He has 15 career stolen bases. How many of those 33 home runs were solo? It's not his fault. Oh, yeah? I'm sure he came up with a lot of guys in scoring position. He's also going to be 29 in April. It's, he's, he's overrated. What did Scott Boris do? He Scott Boris went out and found a desperate owner. Did anybody notice that after Marcus Simeon, who we love Marcus, but after Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager signed their contracts, that not only did the manager get fired, but John Daniels, their longtime executive, got fired. They cleaned house. They cleaned house. So they signed these guys to, 
guaranteed money to half a billion dollars and saw what they were getting and went, now we're firing people. Was it all those two signings? No, but they definitely played to it. Rangers signed two guys for half a billion dollars and were terrible last year. What about the pitching? So what'd they do? Oh, good luck. Went outside to Grom. Like you're gonna get 30 starts from DeGrom? No. 38 over the last three years. I've looked back and looked. Seekers finished third in the MVP voting in 2016. The guys that finished ahead of him, Chris Bryant and Daniel Murphy, Nationals legend Daniel Murphy. Seeger that year hit 308 with 26 home runs and drove in 72. How was he finishing behind? How was he finishing ahead of a guy like Arnado who hit 41 home runs, drove in 133 and hit 294? I know it's Cora's. Those numbers are way better. Hey, a few years from now, when we're sitting here doing the show and Seager's like 32-33 with a lot of years left on the contract, let's look at those numbers. Let's look at what he's doing. What position is he playing? Because you're signing these guys knowing that they're not going to stick at shortstop. And then all of a sudden, you start looking at his numbers as a non-shortstop. What's he going to be, a third baseman, Uh, a, a, a first baseman? Now, I mean, if you're going to give me, like, 25 home runs and 70 RBIs as a third baseman, we're not going to go goo-goo-ga-ga with your 238 average and 25 home runs. Yeah. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think he plays shortstop long term. Maybe where, he becomes where does a, he go? Maybe he becomes a first baseman down the line. Oh, my God. Now if you're giving me 238 with 25 home runs at first base, I'm now, eh. He's a big, he's a big guy. How tall? He's tall, right? Isn't he, like, at least 6'3"? Scott Boris found a desperate owner. And by the way, does Corey Seager put butts in the seats? 6-4. Do I, do I, like, as a resident of Arlington or Dallas or the Metroplex, as they call it? Fort Worth. Do I, uh, do I hear Corey Seager and say, oh, I got to buy season tickets? Uh, probably not, no. So have I talked you into overrated? I always thought he was – I'm just saying – I'm reading – I'm going off what Hembo said because he did the research. That's what I'm saying. Well, yeah, I know. You mentioned it, and I'm saying you're going off Hembo. No one else is saying it. I'm saying overrated. I will be proven right on that. Well, we'll see. We'll see how he does, I mean. Well, first year. Yeah. Bad defense, hit 238, and had a bunch of solo bombs. Is that that great? No, for a team that wasn't very good either. What do we got next? Uh, Adam Aller. Ooh. Adam Aller, interesting. Would we call him the swingman of the Oakland Athletics? Can start, come out of the bullpen. I don't know if he'll start the season in AAA with Fran Reardon, but he will start games. He will be able to come out of the bullpen for you, and he did get better as the season went on. Yeah, he did. It was good he to see. He went up and down, up and down, but then he started to figure it out. Yeah, it was good to see because he was one of the big – he was the other big name in the trade for Bassett. And fans wanted to see him pitch, and we got to see him pitch, and he figured it out a little bit towards the end. Well, Adam Aller joined us here at Ho-Ho Cam Stadium, and here is the bearded right-hander. Joining us here on A's Cast Live, Adam Aller here on the field, Ho-Ho Cam Park. It's been a while. How was your offseason? Oh, it was great, man. I, I spent it in Houston. Uh, you know, my, my family lives up in Tennessee, so I kind of split time between the two. But uh, it was great, you know, just – First off season, I didn't have to work a third job, so that's nice. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was it was good though. Uh, you know, spent a lot of time with with friends and family and uh, training and just you know enjoying life in Houston. I remember when we did the interview last year at spring training, where you really didn't know, right? You were here. 
we were talking about what you'd done with the Mets and, you know, things are, things are good here. You're getting opportunity, but you didn't know to where we are now. It's a big difference in your career. Just talk about that difference. You talked about not having to get an extra job, yeah. but uh, there's a whole lot of difference in your career right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, last year there was a lot of uncertainty, um, which I mean, obviously that comes with, you know, getting traded day after the lockout and, uh, you know, coming to, over to a new team, completely new, new area. Never been to Arizona until, until last year. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of uncertainty, you know, not knowing where I sat and, and things and, uh, you know, going into, going into the spring, there's obviously a lot, you know, a lot more confidence going into it because, you know, I, I kind of know where my role is and, uh, you know, I, I figured out through last season, through the struggles and, you know, also the, the blessings of last year, uh, you know, who I am as a pitcher and, and where I need to be to be most successful to help the team out. So, you know, going into that, it's just it's it's a lot better feeling going into a, a spring training after that. And then, yeah, obviously, like you said, you know, fortunately, being in the big leagues last year for for quite a while, I uh, I didn't have to work this offseason, which is, you know, nice. I'm able to put more time into, you know, training, nutrition, sleep. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot better feeling, obviously. For me, watching you last year and watching the growth and obviously the struggles, the struggle struggles early starting there was a point last year where the light turned on and i talk about it all the time with professional athletes it doesn't matter what sport i've covered right at some point it just everything you've been working on mentally preparing taking care of your body all the different things start to click i felt that for you last year did you feel like there was a time and how did that feel oh yeah absolutely i mean you know i think it was the last, the first start against Houston right before the all-star break, um, where I got brought back up and threw in Houston. Um, prior to that, you know, I was, I was up, I was up in the big leagues for a month as a reliever, got sent down. And, uh, you know, when they sent me down, they pretty much told me like, Hey, listen, like you, you gotta work on your fastball command. Um, we need you to be throwing fastballs for a strike. And so when you go down, that's, that's what we want you to do is throw fastballs. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating, obviously, at first having to do that. Uh, but, you know, I did it, took it in stride and uh, came back up. And obviously, you know, I threw more strikes, which led to more success. And then the other thing, the biggest thing was, uh, you know, it was just game planning in general. Um, you know, prior to that, it was just kind of like, you know, go over the scouting report that they give me and then just just go with it. But I wasn't doing any of my own actual work. Um, and you know, I took, I took the time with, uh, thankfully we had Steven vote last year and, you know, vote voter kind of took me under his wing a little bit with the whole scouting report and like, how do I look at, you know, look at hitters, look at metrics, analyze things. And, uh, not only just get a generic view, but actual, actual view of like how they do off of me. And, you know, I took that time to, to write my own scouting reports, to use theirs and mine and study them actually so you know it, it was it led to feeling a lot more confident on the mound going into the starts you know you didn't have that panic um beforehand because you don't really know you know how you're going to approach the day um so yeah it was just it was a combination of working on the fastball command like they they had asked me to do and then also just taking things into my own hands as far as scouting report and focusing on what what i need to be doing because at the end of the day like this is our job so I, all of that I absolutely love. It's an analysis. It's it's about growth. 
too many people in out there watching fans think that, oh, get ball, throw ball hard, I get to the big leagues, and there's so much more to that, so much to a game plan, how to attack hitters, learning how to do that, learning how to be a pro and learning how to be a pro at the big league level. It's not easy to do. It's great to hear. And your role, which to me, since we don't have guys go 30-plus starts a year, we don't have guys go. I'm looking at Dave Stewart up here, A's Hall of Famer behind you. When you're talking about a guy going 260 innings, we don't have that anymore. So you need a lot of different guys to start. And where I see such great value for you right now in your career is the fact that I can start you right now. I can bring you out of the bullpen. Talk about just how comfortable you are in that role and being so versatile. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's kind of funny. Like uh, up until last year, I think the last time I had ever relieved in a game was in 2017 um, when I was I was injured at the beginning of the year in spring training. And so they kind of eased me in. So I was I was a reliever for a little bit and still ended up starting at the end. So, you know, last year when they when they asked me, they're like, you know, we're going to put you in the bullpen and try you out. And I was like, OK, like, I don't really know what I'm doing on it. But, <laughs> but like, you know, yeah, if it keeps me in the big leagues, I'll do it and I'll go for it and we'll, we'll do our best that I can. And uh you know, I actually had pretty pretty decent success when I was in the bullpen, and um, it is a lot different, obviously, than starting. You know, as far as like your recovery and how you go about your day to day doing doing the recovery things inside. Um, yeah, honestly, I've never really had an issue with switching back and forth. You know, I've always been kind of like a you know you got your day after and your day two sore guys. Um, I've always been a day two guy, so. As far as like, you know, throwing in a game for an inning or two, I was always fine with going back to back. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the versatility is is going to be huge for me this year, um, being able to do both things. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm, I'm just here to do whatever uh, whatever team needs from me and uh, hopefully hopefully stay up in the big leagues all year doing both. No doubt. And thank you for stopping by. I appreciate it. I know it's a little chilly here this morning, but uh, continued success. Stay healthy, and we'll see you back in Oakland. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Boom. You know what you heard there? The mental side of the game. You know, we talked about earlier about the, the 15 seconds, the 20 seconds, anxiety. Pitcher loses his release point. Now he doesn't have a lot of time. He starts. Playing. What did Adam Aller say right there? Like the progression of, I had to learn myself. I had to learn how to get people out. I had to learn a game plan, my own game plan. Stephen Vote taking me under his wing and helping me through. There's this process of how to compete and be good at this level, and it's not physical. Now with Caprellian, we talked about it. It's physical for him staying healthy. But if you are healthy, this is a mental game. What was the uh, Yogi Berra? Oh, uh, 80, wasn't it like 80%? Give me the Yogi Berra. Give, give me it. The Yogi Berra is great. I should know this offhand. It was baseball is 90% mental. The other half is physical. Yes. There you go. <laughs> there you go. But. I mean, Adam Aller just breaking it down there about how things started to change for him was the mental side in preparation. Wasn't throwing harder. Wasn't was did does it was anything about the stuff that you care about? Uh, yes. 
No, you care about spin rates, and you want to go to Baseball Savant and look at all the no, numbers. I, I like hearing stuff about. He, he didn't say anything about numbers. No, I like hearing about guys and mental stuff, mainly because I that's big with me. But but from a, your baseball fandom, it's always oh, about no, I numbers. Want, I want to know what his uh, what his RPMs are on this breaking ball. Everything and, that he said that he got better was his mental side and approach and attacking hitters and people helping him do it. That's the thing. It's like you get up here to this level. And you're just you're, you're a robot and a thrower. You got no chance. You have to be a pitcher to get outs. You got to be a pitcher, and you have to have the mental side of the game. And Adam Aller really just took. I, th- I thought it was a really good conversation. He really just took us through it. Yeah, and I I want to see him bounce back because we know the story of him. Kid was like, wasn't he like in the off season working at like as a was it him as a teacher or he was working at like Home Depot. He was originally drafted by the Pirates, and then he came back and had a great year with the, the Mets, and then he's in the deal for Bassett. Struggled to start, and then he started pitching well at the end of the year last year for the A's. The mental side of it is great. Remember, Sean Manaya told us it was all about conviction for him. Remember, the light went on yes. for him. The light went on for Manaya in, uh, what, 20, is that 21? Yeah, 21, I think is when we talked to him. He talked about convic- conviction, and he got better. And that's something that I think players are starting to dabble into the mental side of it, and I think that's great for the sport because they really – it's an untapped resource in baseball, I think, for sure. And I think we're starting to see a little bit more. And we're seeing it firsthand with some guys we saw today with Aller and, and Cap. We're having that Cap's mentality. Kyle Mahler being, saying he's, he wants to be the guy. He does, he's done with the minor leagues. Yeah. I think we've learned a lot the last couple of days from some of our starters. Totally. Like, we, we're, we're, and what we learned, you've learned. And that's the point of, of Ace Cast and Ace Cast Live being down here is everything we've learned, we've given to you. And now we're all going to sit back. And so when Kyle Muller takes the mound, you're going to be like, oh, this is that guy. This is that big left-hander the A's got in the Sean Murphy trade who's got conviction and he's got bravado. This is that guy. Oh, Cap's taking the mound. He's saying he's healthy. Blackburn, building. Blackburn has that I'm the leader of the staff mentality. Now now you've learned that kind of stuff from A's cast being down here that you can now – kind of take into the uh, into this spring training and start to watch as this team starts to slowly come together. Who's going to be the 26th that goes north? But as we know, there's a lot of different players on the 40-man roster, guys who are not on the 40-man roster, who are going to play a part in this year's team. Yeah, and a guy for sure that you know we're going to hear from shortly, Kevin Smith is another guy. That he went down to Vegas and kind of figured some things out the last month. Became, what do we call him, uh, the Barry Bonds or Babe Ruth or Hank Aaron, whatever home run hitter. It's who you can't – can you uh, can you find his month? Well, baseball reference breakdown – I mean, it does big leaguers, but it does minor league season. His month – because it's – if you listen to, to the games on A's cast or the A's radio network – I, I do a I do two hits a game and in the fifth at the end of the fifth inning I do something on the minor leagues so I read the guys that had the big day well it's like every single day Kevin Smith was doing something and it was like two for four three for five three for four four for four two grand slams two home runs a home run two doubles I mean it was like it was like at some there was points where I thought like am I am I just reading the same report that I did the day before how's this guy it was every day. He had literally one of the best months you can have. Fran Reardon, uh, the skipper of Las Vegas, we taped today, you'll hear next week in the pregame show, talked about, wow, it was just, it was extraordinary to watch. I mean, it, it's a month that, you know, it's, it's how 
Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds felt in their career. Yeah, I, I need more time to find it. But it was like 11 home runs in the, the, the last like month. Month, like I think it was September and October, he hit like 11 home runs in that last month. It was like what Shea did earlier. Do you remember how Langler's out of the home runs early in Vegas? And then Kevin Smith like just ended the year with it. Yeah. And how, let's say he goes off this spring. What do you do? Because he was a big part of the Chapman trade. I mean, he already, unfortunately, he already gave up. Zach Logue's out of the picture now. Hoagland's hurt, or was hurt last year. And so you have Kirby Seen and, and Kevin Smith who are on the big league team that you need, you want production out of for a guy where you gave up, a guy you knew what you are going to get out of him. You, you know, you're going to hit a lot of power, not a, not a lot of contact and average, struck out a lot, but played ex- excellent defense. So if you can get something out of a couple guys for him, great, but you haven't got that yet. What do you do if he hits? What if he starts mashing? I think. I mean, I think you have to. You have to put him in the lineup, right? I mean, he he was he was in the lineup last year out of spring. Unfortunately, things didn't go his way. But if he ends last year the way he did and he mashes, how is Kevin Smith not in the lineup? He hit for the cycle last year for Vegas too. I know mean, people don't care about the cycle, but he hit for the cycle. He had a great like last month and a half for Vegas. It was it was incredible. And, you know, we're hoping we get to see that in a big league team. I mean, what he did last year at the end, of the, it gave you hope because what, what happened when he started here, it wasn't, it wasn't great. But you're, now he has some optimism and hope. And future is different. You know, his life's a little different now. So hopefully that's more of a reason to figure it out and get going. He's still young. I think, what is he, 20, still maybe mid-20s. I don't think he's that old. I mean, he's not 29. Every time, sorry, every time you type in Kevin no, Smith. No, he's not. He's not 29. You bring in Kevin Smith, he, he brings up the guy from Jay and Silent Bob. Um, he's 26. He'll be 27 on yeah. uh, 4th of July. Still young. I mean, it's interesting. Well, I got a chance to speak with him earlier today here at Ho-Ho Camp Stadium. Joining us, Kevin Smith is with us here at Ho-Ho Camp Park. And uh, it's been a while since we last talked. How are you? Great, man. How you doing? Uh, we're doing well. So, how was the off season? I'm sure you didn't want it to come the way you ended the season <laughs> yeah. down in Vegas. Yeah. It was crazy, but how was the off season? It was great, man. You know, spent a lot of time with the family, uh, spent with my wife, got married in the off season. So uh, a lot of exciting things happening, but uh, excited to get back on the field and start playing again. So I was just telling you off the air, and I've talked about this uh, on this show. So everybody knows during the season in the fifth inning, I got to do a minor league report. Mm-hmm on the broadcast and I get a sheet every single day of what happens at every level. And as triple a, like the last month I kept getting the sheet and it's got you going three for four, two for four, two home runs, home run and a double. And at one point I thought, am I just reading the same thing over and over? I mean, it was in your last month was incredible. I appreciate it. What was that like? It was fun, man. You know, Everybody kind of has those few weeks or a month that you just hope turn into two, three, four, and then turn into years, but then you, you never really want them to end. So um, it's just one of those months where everything was clicking. We were having fun as a team. The guys really, you know, jived together, and we just enjoyed being at the park. They talk about the zone. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we don't know how you get into it. We don't know how you stay in it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but some people in their career are able to get in it. More often than not, right. some people only get into it once. I mean, you just yeah. never know. Do you feel like you were in the zone? Yeah, I mean, you never you never really know when you're in it, right? You're, you kind of look back over the last two, three weeks, and then you go, shit, I might have been in it in, you know, the last month or so. 
Um, but that's kind of the goal is to be in it as much as you can. And, you know, I think the more you focus on, the less you actually get in it. It's more about just being relaxed and trusting your preparation and kind of, it kind of shows out on the field. So, um, that's kind of what I've always worked on is just trying to, to, to trust what I'm doing and the work that I'm putting in before the game. And then, you know, hopefully you start putting some good at bats together and those turn into good games and those turn into good months. Okay. So last year when we were talking, obviously you were getting the opportunity, you're up with the big club, you get hurt early with the play at first base. Mm -hmm kind of derailed you a little bit. What do you think happened last year and, and how do you change that? Yeah. I mean, getting traded to a new team and a new org, trying to, trying to learn a lot of new faces, um, a new part of the country. Um, had a lot of injuries that I was trying to play through and, and, and not be off the field and help the team as much as I could. And obviously didn't, didn't really you know perform to the level that I expect to, or that I want to. So, um, I was happy with the last month that, that I put in and, and finally was healthy for, you know, two months and, and had great two months. Um, then obviously just went into the off season, um, uh, focusing on what was working well those two months and then just trying to work on some stuff that I want to get better at. Yeah. People don't understand, you know, if you are hurt mm -hmm. and you are working on stuff before the game, after the game, just right. trying to be able to play mm -hmm. and then go out and compete at the highest level really doesn't work. And it, but you got to do it. It's just, it's how it happens. Just talk about how tough that is to where you're just trying to get your body right. And oh, then for three hours, you got to go perform at the big league level. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not one for excuses. I mean, the best in the world do it every day. It's a reality. Know? It's a though, reality. Yeah. And, and the best athletes in the world overcome it. And, and they learn how to perform when they're hurt, when they're not hurt, when they're tired, when they're up all night with their, with their kids. So, um, you know, for me, I still expected, you know, when I was at 70% or 80% to go out there and, and perform like, like I expect myself to, um, obviously I didn't do it. And so, you know, to spend this off season, you know, really weren't any, any injuries where I could have did anything different with my body or prepared better or anything like that. It was just kind of freak incidents, um, not muscle related or soft tissue related, like we talk about. So, you know, those weren't really things in my control. Those are just, you know, playing hard in the game and, and things happen, but, um, you know, just trying to learn how I could do better. And obviously being in a new club and, and trying to perform and having high expectations for myself along with getting hurt, made it a little tougher on myself. And I definitely made it tough on myself last year, but I'm um, just trying to just trying to have a have a clean season this year and go out and play without injuries and um, you know put up numbers help the team win. And the great news is you're still in the fight, right. and, and there there's a fight for jobs. There's mm -hmm. a fight for at bats. You're right in that with with, with quite a few guys. That's got to excite you that you can build off what you did at the end of the last year. You tear it up here and you're right back where you want to be. Yeah, for sure. I mean that that makes it fun, especially a camp like this with a lot of competition. Um, I think it's going to bring out the best in everybody. I think everyone's going to go out and have a great, have a great camp. And then just let the chips fall where they may. And, you know, you really can't do anything about it. That's what's awesome about, you know, being in an organization like this where everyone's young and we're putting pieces together to, to have a great team. And so, you know, everyone here wants to be a part of that and wants to have their piece of the pie. So um, it's exciting to kind of see everyone, you know, working hard and, and wanting to be that guy for the team. And um, I'm definitely one of them. Yeah. The worst case scenario, you know, when I think about it and I think about you, the worst case scenario is if you got out to a hot start and ended bad, right. You know, you ended great. So we talk so much about, Hey, how are you doing physically, but mentally, how much did that strengthen you and make you a better player by the way it started and the way you finished and how you feel now? Yeah, I mean, I think it's happened, you know, every step of my career. You know, I was never, you know, a top prospect. I was never a huge guy at any level. I always kind of went up with with kind of unknowns and no one really knew who I was or uh, no one really had big expectations for me, but I always had them for myself. So, you know, it was always that little stepping stone and, and a little learning curve of, 
how to compete at that level, you know, what the competition's like, the game changes every level you move up. So um, I think the guys that can that can go to the level and, and struggle and fail and then make adjustments and come back better, um, those are the guys that you hear about for, you know, five or ten years, and that's kind of what everyone in that clubhouse wants to be. So um, it's kind of, again, past, you know, you want to go up and you want to succeed right away, but you also want to be in the game for five or ten years and not be the guy that has one good year and then you never hear about him again. So um, I think a lot of guys in the clubhouse think like that. They want to they be here for five, ten years and build something special, and so um, that's kind of the goal right now. Well, we'll end on this. You know, you're, you're going to be moving the, the family uh, from Nashville here to Arizona the last two days. I would have said bad idea today. <laughs> yeah, right. Today uh, yeah. actually is like a great Way spring better. training day, but that's going to be a big move for you coming out here, moving in, uh, move to Arizona full time. Yeah. We've been out here a few times. Uh, my wife's family's from out here. So, um, you know, like two out of the last five years, we've been in Arizona, we've been in Nashville. So uh, we're going to move back out here full time, make sure we can work out with some of the guys and uh, the weather's a little better, like you said. So, we're going to look forward to, to having some time outside in the off season and join the family. Well, you know what it's like to be Babe Ruth or Barry Bonds for a month. That's what you were. <laughs> so uh, I'm excited for your Thank spring you, training. Thank if you, you build off what you did at the very end of last year, it's going to be an exciting year for you. Stay healthy. Thank I you. hope you go out and rake, and we'll see you in Oakland. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, give the numbers of what he did in the final part of the season there in September for the Aviators. So uh, from September 9th on with the Aviators, with uh, Fran Reardon, the greatest leader of men. A leader uh, of men. Great, we, he, hears, he hears it all. Uh, he hit 11 home runs and drove in 19 runs from September 9th on. So from the 9th of September till the end of the month, there was no October games. He hit 11 home runs. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> He had 365 for the month. 365 for the month. 11 homers, 19 runs driven in, like a uh, 7.99 OPS. That's incredible. So hopefully he can figure it out and bring it to. Oakland. I mean, he's not a. The thing about him too is he's not a big like a big like muscle guy. He's just he just he found something in his swing and he was hitting home runs last year in Vegas. I don't know if it's well, the, he was hitting everything. Yeah, he was. What was his average during that time? 365. 365, 11 home runs, 19 RBIs, and how many games? Uh, that would have been in the month of September, so I, I didn't see how many total games it was. But but from the ninth on, he had 11 home runs. I, I didn't have the – it didn't do the batting average. It did the home runs. I mean, he literally was in the zone. Yeah, and his OPS for the month was almost 800. It was good, 799. Good for him. Good for him. Great stuff. Great stuff. You want great stuff? Coming up next, I'm going to fawn over him. I will because he's one of my favorites. Each spring, we've been able to get our buddy Jim Duquette on. We get him during the season. The Duke, as they call him. Longtime executive, now is on SiriusXM, one of the big dogs of the MLB channel on SiriusXM Channel 89. We talk about all the time. We took Mike Farron and his partner to dinner the other night. Well, I took him to dinner. You were just there on the free tab yourself. Yeah. It's a good dinner. That was a good. That, yeah. was, that was a good so, spot. So, so when the bill came, what happened? Uh, we all said the same thing. Oh, we all forgot our wallet. Oh yeah, Townie's got it. Uh, so we took Mike Farron to dinner the other night, and you know Jim Duquette. The, the, first of all, their show, The Power Alley, is unbelievable Monday through Friday, and then the front office show Sunday mornings where he partners with also former general manager Jim Bowden, who's crazy. Uh, together, their show is unbelievable. Jim Squared is Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden was on last Sunday. 
doing the they were doing the AOS preview. They had our own Dallas Braden and the two gyms. He called it Jim Squared. We will talk to Jim Duquette, the Duke, next right here on A's Cast Live. A's Cast Live continues from the town. Here's Chris Townsend. One of our favorites now, every spring training, the great Jim Duquette joins us from Sirius XM, and you can hear him every single morning here on the West Coast Power Alley. And I try and tell him, it's Sunday morning. When you have Sirius XM and you have the app, you can favorite it. The, the show that you do on Sunday morning yes. with, with uh, Jim Bowden, Jim Squared is recently our friend Dallas Braden yes. called it. Yes, <laughs> he's got it squared, man. We're going to have to uh, do something, a copyright action or something like that for Jim Squared because he they kept referencing that, and I kind of like the sound of I it. I did, too. I, <laughs> that, that show that you guys do and the guests, because you get all of um, – it's called the front office. You guys get all of the power brokers in baseball. It really is special because it's two hours of just knowledge. I mean, what you two were talking about the other day about just, you know, this arbitration thing's ugly. I mean, we're just going through how a Rays player did a whole thread about how he was fighting the Rays for 200 grand. You guys were talking about Corbin Burns. Like, what are we doing? But you understand how the league wants you to set precedents. I mean, but. Can, is there a better way to do it? It's all that kind of stuff, yeah. the, the inside stuff that you guys give us that you can't get anywhere else. Well, it, it I mean, we've said it because we, you know, we were in the room and you know, Bowden, he, he, he makes me laugh because we, he kind of sometimes, uh, sometimes forgets how he acted in that room. Like he was so competitive <laughs> and he would crush his own players because he wanted to win. And so now he's taking a different tank. He goes, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. I, you know, he, Sean Casey, one of the, you know, he's the mayor, right? Yeah. He's the mayor of Cincinnati for crying out loud, unofficial. He crushed Sean Casey in a, in the arbitration room. I think Sean is still bitter about it, but he would never say that to Bowden because he, he's like the nicest guy ever. But when you have to criticize somebody, it's a, it, the way I describe it is like this. You go into your, your boss and you go for an evaluation and a, and a uh, you know, potential pay raise. And if they focus more on your negative uh, qualities than your positive qualities, even if they give you a raise, how do you feel about it at the end of the day? Your focus, natural tendencies to focus on the negative and and not everybody can handle that negativity, especially pro players, because they're not used to being criticized like that. So at the end of it, it, it's such a flawed process. We don't need it. We really don't. I think the players think they do, but we could negotiate a system that gives them and rewards them for the best players in the three plus service time class and four time four plus somebody like Paul Blackburn as a starter, three plus guy. He shouldn't have to go to arbitration. He just, he was an all-star for the A's factor in where he fits into the pay scale and pay him appropriately and just move on. And it's not that hard, but yeah, players, the, the teams don't really want it. The players do. And so the teams are like, well, if we're in there, we're going to, we're going to go to win. And so it becomes acrimonious, like in the Corbin Burns situation sometimes. I like the idea that you guys talked about where you have the league have a group, the union have a group, they fight it out, yeah. keep the team out, keep the player out. So whoever wins, no one's, no one, you can't, you can't complain. Right. And there's no personal part to it because 
what's happening and it really sounds like, and you're right. If I went in there and I said, I got great numbers, I yeah. got all these downloads. We're the number one podcast in baseball, right? right, right. There's no question. We're number one for all the teams, yeah. but you want to like throw shade on me. Yeah. I'm going to be angry. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and the, you know, they find everything wrong with, you know, well, you know, it, it, and it becomes nitpicky to some degree. Corbin Burns in that particular case, the team said, he took it out as saying, well, we didn't get to the postseason because of the way he pitched down the stretch. He had a 10-start stretch where he had an ERA that was mid-force uh, last season. Well, the reason why, quite honestly, the Brewers didn't get to the postseason is because they traded Josh Hader, and they didn't realize the impact on the clubhouse. It A factor might have been how other guys performed down the stretch, Burns and others, but he wasn't the reason why they didn't get in the postseason. They disrupted the entire culture and with one trade, like um, Jerry Depoto did in Seattle the year before when he traded Kendall Graveman, and you saw that whole thing, and they missed out by a game or two in the postseason. So some of these GMs are finally getting the understanding that chemistry matters in the clubhouse and that during the season you really shouldn't be disrupting it. And I think that you know moving forward, um, I think teams will be less likely to trade major league players off of their roster because of the, the impact that it has inside the clubhouse. Well, you know, if I'm using technology and I'm Amazon and I'm just putting products into boxes and shipping boxes, the data will only matter. But if yeah. I'm dealing with actual human beings, right. kind of shocker how human beings interact with each other and communicate and live together and travel together. That actually matters how that yeah. all works. Well, some of these guys, some of these owners, you know, and, and, you know, the general managers are guilty of it, too, but they feed their owners like, listen, the chemistry is overrated. You can't. Well, part of it is, is you can't measure it. Right? That's a big problem when in, a, in the analytics world. What, what is a, a win worth and what is chemistry? What is good chemistry? And which come, we used to debate this to the end of time. Like, which comes first, the winning or the chemistry? Do you have good chemistry because you won or do you win because you had good chemistry? No one has the answer to that. Yeah. Right. If you did, the, you know, that'd be the secret. But, you know, I know this when you've been on bad teams, the best chance to get out of, of a, a bad cycle is if you have good chemistry. First time you don't have good chemistry on a team. You know, the, what do they say? The, the, the first people that uh, first things, items that jump off a sinking ship are the rats, right? The rats are the guns <laughs> and they're gone. We used to use that analogy all the time. Those are the guys that you don't want in your clubhouse. So if you don't have any rats on your ship, you have a better chance of turning the course and maybe winning. So I don't know. For, for me, um, but these some of these owners, like they have uh, real estate companies. Right? Well, those there's no building that's talking back to you. Or they're not giving you feedback on your on the house that you just bought. So, you know, when you have these interactions with human beings and they actually have feelings, they're like, boy, they're surprised that they got mad because you said that. What, what are you surprised about here? You don't have a feel for, for having communication with individuals. Like, so, so I think that the general manager's role as part of this evaluation is also to understand what's important in the clubhouse. Um, and not enough GMs. I don't think have a have as that that feel or they don't put as much as much meaning into it as I think uh, they should. And I, I really think when at the end of the year, when we're sitting there in the postseason, we go, as you know, we go and yeah. spend time at every postseason game. We're doing pre and post game for the LCS and World Series. There's usually one common denominator and you can tell it as soon as you walk into the clubhouse. It's a great winning culture and you see it and you feel it. It's it's actually palpable. And when you don't have good clubhouse chemistry, you see it early. I do in instantly. And so I think that, um, you know, if, if a team spent a little bit more time in that area, I think we, you might see some, 
some better results. So I, we've been down here for a few days. We're talking to all these guys. We lost 102 games last year. Yes, you did. We were bad. Yeah. 64 players used record <laughs> in, in Oakland history. Yeah. I can tell you what I've seen, the confidence, the talent. I don't know what we win. We're not losing 102. Right. We are going to be better, and there are some gyms in there. Yep. I think we surprised some people with, with, with some of the talent. I wish we still had Cole Irvin. Yeah. I got to call it as I see it. I think yeah, we'd yeah. Be, be a better team with him. I, I thought he was a guy that would give us close to 30 starts, 200 innings. It really hurts, but it is what it is. Uh, but I think we will be better. You've now been here for a day. What yep. do you think? Well, I agree with you. And, you know, I think that a little underrated um, aspect to the team last year was right at the beginning of spring training, you had a disruption with the trades, right? Yes. Olsen, gone. Manaya gone. You know, obviously Murphy was is traded in the winter, but his, his, that helps, I think, not having that kind of disruption now. And so you can focus on the team and you can kind of move forward and actually legitimately turn the page, which is what Mark Kotze and the organization is talking about. But I do think that, like Fujinami, who's, I mean, his stuff is electric. We'll see how it translates on the mound in the command. Um, I think he's exciting. And we know Caprillion and Blackburn are going to be, you know, hopefully they'll be 25 to 30 starts each. And if they do, if those guys do that, and Walnutchuk ends up growing the way we think he will, and, you know, and Sears at some point, some of the young guys, you know, one of the things I wanted to try to get an answer on in here is, at what point are you going to look at your young players like Soderstrom, uh, Geloff, those guys, and if they're ready, bring them up. And they said, well, that's going to be the great discussion. When they're ready, we think we're, we're going to bring them up because they're going to be mostly in AAA. Well, that's that to me is some good news there in Oakland that you actually have internal options that are legitimate, fun guys, and something that you know you're going to build long-term with. So I, I think that last year was the year that they bottomed out. In the outside chance they lost 100 games again, it will feel different, I think, because you could, you could start to see – you know, some of the progress that they're going to make. And some of these young players come on the scene. So I, I'm with you. I think I feel like this team is better. They have a little more experience, you know, with May in the bullpen. Obviously, we know what Jackson was last year. Like, I think their bullpen will be better. They had a lot of one-run games last year that they lost. So it, they only have to turn around a couple of those, right, to, to end up in the 90, you know, somewhere in the 90s losses. And I think that's legitimate for them. Uh, if they can stay healthy, it's a little different for you for when when you come here to A's camp and it's not Billy Bean anymore. Uh, yeah, it is a little bit. You know, I've known Billy for a long time. Um, you know, I think that the fact that he's kind of at that point in his career winding down makes me feel old too because <laughs> I used to I used to talk to Billy. He was a I felt like he was a mentor to me as I was coming up as a young general, well, young general manager, but young executive along the way and. Um, you know, I think, listen, David Forrest and Billy Owens and that whole group now, it's time for them to to uh, take the reins and move forward. Hopefully the stadium situation gets resolved like they've talked about at the end of this year. And you can start to to look at some of those things from a positive standpoint, no matter where they are, if it's in Oakland or Vegas, wherever. I know, obviously, the idea is to keep them there in Oakland. Let's hope that happens. But, um, yeah, I'm su I'm surprised. I'm happy that that Billy's gotten to that point in his career. Um, but they have it. Uh, they turned it over to a good group, as you guys know. They, they've been here for a long time, and they don't have a lot of turnovers, which, which is nice. In our game, we've talked a lot about this. We were talking a lot about it at the winter meetings in San Diego, where you start to see we've got a handful of teams we're spending yeah. and a bunch who aren't. Yep. And my whole thing about the CBA when we got out of it last year, I thought it was just duct tape. 
I thought it was duct tape. I'm not saying that all the players. No, no, this is we're leading up to a fight that's coming up here when this thing ends. But as someone who's been around it, you know, the economics of the game. How worried are you that we have bunch? We got a handful spending a lot and a lot of people who aren't and downhillers. They're not happy with the system. Yeah. Just are are you worried? Well, I, you know, I always wonder when the owners are fighting among themselves. That's never a good sign, right? It's never a good sign for the commissioners, never a good sign for the sport. And I think that we have some time to kind of sort out in the, over the next four years. We're not even a full year into this new CBA and you're already hearing owners complaining about it. Now, if you go back 10 years when they ne- negotiated that CBA right out of the gate, players were complaining about it. And then the next uh, time they negotiated, which was five years ago, we all thought once it was negotiated that the players lost that one too. So they've had two cycles of losing those these CBAs. And by the way, it played out that way. Like the owners had the had the uh, you know basically had won both of them. So it's time for the owners to kind of wear one one of these days, you know. <laughs> and so I'm sorry, guys, you're going to have to figure it out on your own. Uh, you know, no one's going to have sympathy unless you know among yourselves maybe you have sympathy, right? But the fans shouldn't have sympathy for billionaires fighting over billions of dollars like it doesn't re- uh, really translate uh, to the average fan or to the average front office so yeah i think that's the hard part is right the a's uh, uh, payroll last year is 40 million and the mets payroll this year without any any taxation it's 296 million like that separation is the largest gap i think i've ever seen both in dollars and percentage and so that's not good for the the sport um, what we do know, though, with Oakland and some of these other small market teams, that they they found a way to win. Uh, they just haven't been able to sustain it longer. So until they're able to figure out a way to share all the revenues, we're going to have this disparity. And I think even the commissioner said, hey, if we don't get the disparity um, of revenues situated, we'll never be able to have a, a salary cap whatsoever. So sal- or the salary cap is meaningless, less meaning meaningful. So. I don't know. At the end of it, I don't think there's any desire to have a salary cap from the player side. I don't think we'll ever negotiate that. But I, I do think that in year one, there's always these rocky decisions that are made. Let's wait a couple more years and see if that still plays out and if the owners are still upset about this one. Uh, I don't see the Mets, by the way, spending where they're going to be, you know, a hundred million dollar taxation rate every year. They don't want it. He doesn't want to keep doing that. He just realizes when he took this team over. It had more to uh, a lot more to do than he thought. I think that's the interesting thing there. Speaking of the Mets, and we'll end on this. As I tell everybody, as someone who's been in this business for about thirty years, Power Alley is my favorite show. I listen to it all the time. I as I'm, I listen to it on the range when I'm putting, when I'm getting ready to tee off. I'm always tuning these guys in. So I recently took your partner to dinner down yeah, here. Yeah. I took Farron to dinner, which you know, taking Farron to dinner is not cheap. It's definitely not cheap. It's not cheap. You should have turned that around and made him pay, but not cheap. Some so, other day, maybe. but I always appreciate you guys taking care of us here. So we know the 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 Gucci loafer story. Yeah, you it's never still made... a sore spot in my in my lifetime. So, yep. do you have the picture, Cody, of the we 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 have loafers that we are going to be sending you? Yes, we need to know your shoe size. I'm a ten and a half shoe size, and um, these are faux faux. Gucci loafers. He showed me the picture earlier, but I'll take any Gucci loafers. I, I've been waiting for my previous owner of the Mets to send them to me since I made the Rogers Sedano trade back in 2004. 
I saved him a half a million dollars. You would have thought that he could have take, taken maybe 1500 of those dollars and given me a pair of Gucci lovers like he promised. I'm still waiting for them. I know they're in the mail somewhere. But maybe until I get them, since the will ponds, I'll put yours on. Since the will ponds did not take care of you, <laughs> and you've been so good to us here at Ace Cast yes. Live, All right. I took Farron to dinner. I'm oh, going to make sure you get some loafers. All right. Well, I appreciate that. I will take credit for your low golf handicap. Since you listen to us, and we we must be able to calm your whatever, your, or maybe it's you know, just a mindset. Hitting the ball straight. If we're if we can benefit that, then let's call it even. Loafers are on the way, my friend. I love it. Thank you for that. Hey, I, seriously, I'm I love you hey, guys. Good to show. see you, Tony. Always, it's always pleasure. And, and on Sunday, the front office it is good as you're going to get baseball talk. What you guys do, I I know that there could be a day someday you go back into front office work. Yeah, maybe. I'm hoping. For us personally, I hope it does it because I think your work is as good as I it gets. I appreciate that. Thank you. We we enjoy it. We definitely we definitely enjoy it. And uh, you at least get a reprieve. You don't have to see Farron today. So <laughs> it's cheap. It's a win all the way around. <laughs> Thank you so all much. Right, see you guys. The great Jim Duquette. Yeah, that guy has made a lot of big trades, a lot of big drafts, and now all of them. I mean, it's almost like we should get some money from Sirius XM I just the stuff that you hear and I, I I'm not you know I I grew up in sports talk radio but it's the information and the people now it's so geared to specific okay you were just talking Niners just talking Warriors um if you like baseball you're not gonna if you're not listening to us and you're not listening to A's cast I, I highly recommend the baseball channel on Sirius XM and the football channel. So the baseball channel is 89, football is 88, and I actually like the PGA Tour 92 when tournaments are going on. And, of course, NASCAR 91. I have no idea what they're talking about, but they're crazy and they're always angry. Dave the, uh, Dave the Godfather Moody. We need to get him on the show. He's funnier and he's angry. I'm telling you, NASCAR's got to get this right. NASCAR understands this isn't going to fly anymore inside NASCAR. And it's just it's <laughs> compelling. I mean, it's got me hooked, and I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, we will be sending the Duke loafers. Yeah, we found them on Amazon. We showed, that, we showed it on the interview. Um, yeah. They were like 60 bucks or whatever, cheap knockoffs. But, but they'll remember us forever. <laughs> but 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 the thing is, with with Jim Duquette, Jim Bowden, and Steve Phillips, they've got all these guys that were GMs, and they got them on the air. That's why that that's what's that's what really separates their channel from everybody else. Is everybody else wants players, and I'm telling you, as great as players are, players don't. Players, players give you a lot of the same old, same old cliches. They give you a lot of the same old, same old. These guys are the guys that know the business, they know what it's like to deal with the owners, they know what the bottom, the bottom line is like, they know what teams are making, they get it. They know the industry and the business. Players, they know the player side. And there's value to that, right? And we're all fans of the players. But when it comes down to the business of baseball and the inner workings, they don't know. They're players. They're coddled they're coddled professional athletes in the clubhouse. Upstairs, where I'm looking right now, upstairs where all our front office, they're the guys that know. They know where the bodies are buried. They know the money's met. They know the money that's made, that's spent. They understand the actual business of our sport. Players don't. So then players go 
into our side, into the dark side, into the media, and they get asked the questions, and they try and act like they know, but people like us who are in the industry, we know they have no idea what the hell they're talking about. Yeah, All I, they know is they know the player side and the agent side. They don't know the inner workings of a front office. The other guy we, we love, too, but he's on TV. He's, he's too big for radio. It's uh, the great Dan O'Dowd. Oh, uh, he's Dan. great, too. Dan is great. And friend of the program, Dan O'Dowd, who comes on from MLB Network. Yeah, I love the XGMs. They're, they're, they're fabulous. So, and they, like us, because they know the inner workings of the A's. They understand the A's. They understand the culture that Billy Bean set, that David Forces carry on. They understand that. That's why they love coming on because they've always had great relationships with our organization. Now, if we were an organization that was embattled with all, if we were the Astro, if we were Astros Live, we wouldn't be getting all these guys. Who? What would we call it? Astros Live? That just doesn't sound. But you're right. Yes, I'm sorry. That I got stuck on the name. And, Sounds dirty. Yeah. What? What the Astros? Remember? Remember when we joked when you joked about uh, the, with, with the Angels? Angels cast live. Or we were talking about that years ago. Hey Ray, hand me my bag. I want to. I, I want to get the uh, the bag over here. My backpack. I want to get the uh, list of uh, all the people that we've had. As he just throws my sweatshirts into the dirt <laughs> like it's nothing. Thank you, Ray. Uh, I have a list. I do have a list. Briefly of everybody we have had, and I've made. We gotta. We gotta get some. It, oh, so if you click the pen, you're going full Chris Jericho. You just made the list. Is that what he used to yeah, say? Yeah, that's what he did in WWE, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Kevin Smith off the list. Who else did we have player-wise today? Um, Cap. James Caprillion. Where are you with the K? James Caprillion. So that's it. That's players, right? Yeah. All right. These are all the players we have had since we've been down this is the 40-man roster. I am going to be sending this to our boss, the great D.A., Delaire Lewurs. I'm going to be sending this to D.A. This is everybody. So you're seeing what headquarters is going to get. Paul Blackburn, Zach Jackson, James Caprillion, Trevor May, Sam Mole, Kyle Moeller, Adam Aller, J.P. Sears, Ken Waldachuk, Shay Langeliers, Nick Allen, Seth Brown, Tony Kemp, Ryan Nota, Kevin Smith, Connor Capel, Tyler Soderstrom, and Daniel Susak. I think that's, if I count it correctly, 18? In three days. To go with the manager, Mark Kotze, uh, vice president, D, uh, Steve Finelli, who you'll hear. Ne yeah. uh, Fran Reardon, who you will also hear uh, the next coming weeks. Emo. Uh, Scott Emerson that joined us live. Um, Jim Duquette, obviously. The great Jim Duquette from uh, Sirius oh, Grady. XM. Uh, A's legend, Grady Fuson, one of the great scouts in the history of the game. Uh, Brody Brazil. Blowout Brody. <laughs> who, by the way, I, I, I'm going to... I'm going to be real honest here. When this season starts and A's Cast Live appears on NBC Sports California, I think Dave Stewart and Shooty Babbitt, they owe Brody Brazil an apology. Will they be men enough to accept that and apologize? Pictures of Brody, ripping Brody, blew out a hamstring in his very first at-bat. Yes, seems soft. It did seem soft. But my man Brody got back up on the horse, got to the plate, couldn't run, 
couldn't use his lower body, hit 600, and helped his team to the championship. So they were all ready to, to grill him all this coming here. Sorry, I'm just playing the video, Brody. Raking. Brody rebounded. Dave Stewart and Shooty Babbitt. Oh, Brody, an apology. And Brody joined us here also. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just playing it because they're with no audio. It's just what a beautiful swing Brody has. Ace Cast Live. We survived 40-mile-an-hour winds. We survived rain. We survived cold. And we've survived the heat. Three days in the Valley of the Sun, bringing you everything you need to know about the Oakland Athletics in 2023. David Force, the general manager of the Oakland Athletics, will join us on Monday. The games start right behind us tomorrow, 12 o'clock. Yep. Right here on A's Cast, Bloomberg 860. And you can watch this, the video stream on athletics.com, MLB.tv, and the NBC Sports app. Games are going to be really – is yeah. every game going to be? No. Um, I have the schedule right here, Alex. I'll add it. So – you can see it on the stream here. The game, the live streaming schedule tomorrow against Arizona, Monday against the Rockies, Tuesday against the Angels, Fuji versus Otani. Ooh. Uh, three, hey, uh, a Tuesday game to start spring training normally isn't a uh, highly attended game. I have a feeling there will be quite a few people there. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Kansas City on March 3rd against the Rangers on the 10th, the Mariners on the 15th, the Giants on the 17th. Uh, the Southsiders, not not the Northsiders, the Southsiders on the 24th, and the Brewer on the 25th. Nine games, live streaming, athletics.com, NBC Sports app, and MLB.tv. Here's a legit question. Sloan Park, where the Cubs train, also here in Merritt Mesa, Arizona, is that north, south, east, or west of us? Oh. I think it's that way. Let's see. Google Maps. Oh, actually, no, it's that way. It's that way. What What are they in the – they're the Northsiders in Chicago, but we're not in Chicago. Where are they in the Valley of the Sun? Those losers, the Cubs. Let's see if they have – They stink. I don't know if they put the cardinal directions on here. Uh it doesn't say uh, – it doesn't, it doesn't give you the yeah, – I don't know. It doesn't matter. Well, uh, hold on. It doesn't matter. Actually, they're, they are – they're east of – they're west of us. The east siders. No, no, they're west. Oh, the west siders. See, here's where we are. Here's Hohokam, uh-huh. and then they're, right, they're over here, so west of it's us. It's a great ballpark. You get a chance. Um, that might be my – Salt Lake is really cool. Camelback's cool, but I think Sloan's my favorite. It's got the most – it's got the most character. The Cubs ballpark here, which is not far from here, other than A's, is my favorite. Uh, it's really cool. They've got, they've got like they try and make like a little Wrigleyville. It's it's it. They got a lot going on over there. I, so you get a chance, go over to the Cubs ballpark. Pretty cool. Not Brewers, Padres, and uh, Mariners out in Peoria. Oh, we had a good time. No offense. No we had, offense. We had a good time. So you know, it's unfortunate. This ballpark, beautiful. Look at it. It's beautiful. Oh, do you want to? Since we're at the end, do you want to do uh, real quick? Do you want to show what the fans, what the right field looks like? Yeah, go out to show. Can, can, will they be able to see it? Turn turn the camera, Ray, out to right field to see if they can see the party deck. Do you see it out there? Can you see it? Do they get to see it? Might have to zoom it in a little bit on the on the actual camera. 
don't don't mess it up for when we say goodbye. But you get that you get the idea. They're building a party deck out there that you'll be able to see. All right, that is going to do it for A's Cast Live from the Valley of the Sun. We want to thank everybody. We got to see the great Dave Cavills here. Got to see him. He's hanging out with his mom. Pretty special. Uh, David Force is here with his son. Uh, it was good to see. David will join us on Monday. Uh, We're on it. Oh, I forgot. Mark Kotze. You said Kotze already. Did I say Kotze? Yeah. Got to see Kotze today. Um, just want to thank everybody for having Mark Ling and his staff. Olivia, they were absolutely Greg fantastic. Greg I, hope, I hope Greg Corn made it to made it to the Grand Canyon. Greg Corn, <laughs> if you didn't make it to the Grand Canyon with your beautiful girlfriend who came down to visit from the Bay Area to visit you because you said it was going, there's no way it's snowing today at the Grand Canyon with the sun out like this. Yeah, probably not. I don't know though. The weather has been so weird. I don't know. Probably the biggest question. The biggest question we have leaving spring training. Did Greg Corn go with his beautiful girlfriend to the to the Grand Canyon? If he didn't, he, he he's got to answer to us when he gets back to the Bay Area. Let me see because uh, uh, this thing about snow—it's not snowing. I'm texting him right now. Well, we have to go because you're you're airport panic and you're texting Corn. I could talk for another hour. I got more to. I still have to rip the Angels on Albert Pujols. Deal. Well, we have five shows next week. We can do that. Um, I texted him, so I don't think we'll get it. I don't think we'll get an answer from him in time. All righty, we are out of here. When you see us next, we'll be back in the bay. But tomorrow, spring training starts for the Athletics. It's that legendary matchup: the A's against the Snakes in the Valley of the Sun. Twelve oh five, first pitch, pregame with Vince. Ken's involved, right? Yeah. Ken, Vince, Johnny is going to be. Johnny will be here too. Johnny will be here. So we got to get the music. Ken, Vince, and Johnny. Yeah. Ken, Vince, and Johnny. It's almost like a late night show. Hey, coming up tonight at 11 o'clock, it's Ken, Vince, and Johnny. So they will be doing the broadcast at noon, uh, 12.05 first pitch. That's going to be Saturday and Sunday, both at noon. Monday, don't forget, 10 a.m., A's Cast Live will be your pregame show Every single game, Monday through Friday, taking up to noon. And then once the time changes, games will go to 1 o'clock when we catch up with Arizona. And that will they, I guess, would we catch up to them? Or they drop to us? Uh, they Well, no, we're, we're flashing forward. We're spring so yeah. forward, yeah. fall back, yeah. spring. We spring forward and catch them. Yeah. They never change. Doesn't it show that you never have to well, change? Greg Horn, no, nah, nope. He just soft. He went to Camelback instead. He is soft. <laughs> Absolutely. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, me either. Shame on us. We've been. I mean, I've been coming to spring training for over thirty years. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. It's like two hours away. That's it. Yeah. Well, we're not. Here, we're, we're that's here. like a drive to San Francisco for me in uh, traffic. Yeah, yeah, we weren't here long enough to go to the Grand Canyon. Maybe next time. Next year we go to the Grand Canyon. Bring the kids. Do we? Do we ask to stay the whole month? No. That, that's a lot. No. That's a lot. I can only watch so much. So much spring. I can only watch so many guys wearing 65 and 77 before I'm like, now if you want to play golf every day and do bet, I can do that. All but right, quick, we, quickly, who's leading? The, who's going to be the surprise home run leader for the A's in spring training? I was always a random guy for every team in the spring tra- in spring training. I'll go Ryan Noda, Jonah Bride, Jonah Bride. I'm just throwing out a name. All right, I'm gonna go Ryan Noda. I was thinking him, but I thought that'd be too easy. Ryan Noda's one of my new favorite players. Go. It, jo- Jonah Bride. This kid, the Rule 5 pick from the Dodgers, uh, I know we're not selling jeans, as they said in Moneyball, 
But if they're jeans, you're buying. Big, good-looking kid with a ton of power and can play defense at first base. I am a huge Ryan Nota fan leaving this camp. Kyle Moeller, huge Kyle Moeller fan leaving this camp. Same here. I'm excited for him. I mean, he wants to be the dude. We learned that the other day. Madison Bumgarner comparisons. That's a giant, not a diamondback. <laughs> yes, factual. <laughs> uh, you're going to give me 33 start? What? Bumgarner gave you 33 to 34 yeah. starts every year. Uh, he was. Uh, I mean, come on. He was um, as close to an ace as the Giants had since Lincecum. But I need somebody that gives me 33, 34 starts and 200 innings a year. Yeah, and he doesn't want to be in the minor leagues anymore. That's so that go. kind of guy I got. All right, everybody. So long from the Valley of the Sun. Don't forget tomorrow we've got A's baseball right here on A's cast at noon. First pitch, 12.05, A's and Diamondbacks. And then, of course, you can watch all of our stuff, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. And on YouTube, we'll start putting out all the different uh, interviews and different stuff that we did here from the Valley of the Sun. But a great three days. Hope you enjoyed. We'll see you on Monday right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live. Oakland Athletics spring training is right around the corner, and you can be part of the excitement. Get your tickets now and plan ahead for a fun-filled trip to Mesa, Arizona this spring. Pack the sunscreen, bring your friends, pick up some ballpark classics, and watch your green and gold get ready for the regular season. Get your tickets today to see the Athletics take on the Giants, Padres, Cubs, Dodgers, and more. Tickets are on sale now at athletics.com spring. That's athletics.com spring. It's that time of the year. Single game tickets are now on sale for the 2023 season. Don't miss out on securing your tickets for some of the biggest matchups, fireworks, drone shows, giveaways, and more. Visit athletics.com slash tickets to get yours now. That's athletics.com slash tickets. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. 